greatest new podcast in the world. From WWE to DNA Impact. By way of the NWA, it's time for Reffing It Up. With legendary referee Brian Hebner. An all new episode starts in... This, this is Reffing It Up. Welcome back to Reffing It Up with Brian Hemner. I am the man with the magical voice, RJ. He is and forever will be the man in the stripes, Mr. Brian Hemner. Brian, what's up, man? How are you? Doing well, man. Doing well. Glad to be back. Glad for another episode. A uh, little funny. Uh, well, I don't know how to describe it. It's an up and down episode this week. We're going to start out with some sad stuff and get mm-hmm. into some other stuff later. Deanna's going to bring the whole mood way up and uh, we're going to do the Ref and review to today. So I'm ready, man. Ready to roll. Well, without further ado, let's send out the first count and get the show on the road. Ladies and gentlemen, this is your first count. Like what you mentioned before, Brian, I'm just going to read a short statement here. Uh, this is referring to the passing of Brian. Uh, I believe it's Mooster, Muster. Uh, this is from Greg Werner. He says, this morning we lost an amazing person who made the world a better place. Brian Muster, Muster, I apologize if I'm butchering it, uh, passed away this morning very unexpectedly. He leaves behind his fiance and two young children. Brian worked on many shows over the years. The last three years, he was the uh, integral part of creating the look, excuse me, of AEW wrestling by working as their lead video engineer since its very first show. Uh, so unexpectedly very died bef- well before very young guy. Um, but he's somebody that you're very familiar with. I believe he worked with his father, right? In TNA. I worked with both him and his father. Yes, I did. His father. Okay. I met them both. Obviously when I got to TNA, and Brian was a really cool dude. Uh, we had a lot in, you know, in common. We're both uh, gym guys, and he was big into the gym and just a just a wonderful guy and did a wonderful job uh, with the production part. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Greg Werner, he's the guy that runs the whole production team. Another good guy that I was friends with and actually rode to the airport to go home every week um, early in the morning. So, yeah, that was um, very, very sad for me when I heard this. And I just really, really, really want to just say that my thoughts and prayers are out to his family, his friends, his wife, his children. Brian was a great dude. I don't know what happened. I don't know if anything's come out on that. And it really doesn't matter to me. I just know he's not here and it's sad and life's short and just too, too short for him for sure. And I just really, really feel bad. And I know he did a wonderful job with what he did and uh, just tough, just tough, especially when you know someone so close and they feel like family to you. And I knew he was doing a great job at AEW. Uh, Talked to him when I went and did rampage and a couple other shows over there. He was in great spirits. He was so happy. He was, he loved uh, working there. So just, just really tough. You know, losing someone that young is already tough enough. And then to have two young children, uh, just just really tough. And I feel really bad for him and his family. And um, 
God bless you guys. Yeah, it's definitely been a real, a real tough week in um, in the wrestling business. Uh, on top of this, on t- top of Brian passing, uh, I, I know we this isn't something we talked about, but I want to get your thoughts on it too, because it just brought, I, it just uh, came to my mind. Was Kevin Nash lost his son uh, this past week? Twenty six, Tristan Nash passed away unexpectedly at the age of twenty six. Um, it's one of those things too. Uh, you got young kids. I got a 10 year old Gavin. Um, it's very tough to see anybody lead or pass away at a young age, whether they're 26, whether they're 36, whatever the case may be. Um, but yeah, it was, it's just been a tough week, man. It has been. And I'm glad you touched on that because it, you know, we, when we do the run sheets that we have for each other, they, this hadn't happened. Um, so it's not on there, but you know, you just, your children are supposed to die before you, you know, and it's just, this is not supposed to happen that way, but mm-hmm. unfortunately it did for Nash and it's just another, another really sad situation. Uh, I heard that he put on a really, really good episode on his own podcast. Click. I think the click 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 this. Yeah. And I uh, heard it was really, really, really heartfelt, very sad at the same time. I have not listened to it. I am going to listen to it. Yeah. But, man, that's got to be tough. Got to be tough. I, uh, I, can't, I can't imagine. I really can't. And it, it, it's, it's one of those things, too, that sometimes it's a uh, uh, healing mechanism where if somebody talks about it, they, they kind of – they get through it. And I can't imagine, especially with Kevin Nash, you know, it was been a year since there was, no, it was, uh, what's his, um, Scott Hall's birthday that he just celebrated. His son did not passed away. I believe it was a day before or day after. And it's just like, dude, this guy on all accounts, I haven't heard a bad thing about him. Kevin Nash it is, but it's just, it, it's, he's gotten a lot, taken a lot of blows this past year. If there's anything I've ever said on my podcast, I just want to say this with all my heart and with all meaning behind it. Life really, truly is short. And if you don't believe that, uh, just look around at everything that goes on and pay attention. Grab somebody that you love. Tell them that you love them. Before it's too late. Look at your kids. Look at your parents. Look at your friends and just let them know that you love them. Because one day, either you or them are not going to be there. And that's going to be the day. That's going to be really, really sad. And the last thing I want to say, and I'm not, I'm not Dr. Phil, but I just know things I've learned through life. Without health, you have nothing. Stay healthy. If you have something wrong with you, go to the doctor. If things aren't weird and aren't normal for you, go to the doctor. You need your health. You got to have your health. If you're, if you're a mother or father, your kids need you. They want you. So just keep that in mind. Life's too short. That's for sure. Uh, but let's pick this up a little bit. Let's get some good things going. Uh, we had this past weekend, we had uh, NXT Halloween Havoc on Saturday. I just wanted to talk about this. I know it's something that you didn't get a chance to actually watch live. You caught it after the fact. But uh all in all good pay-per-view card started off hot with the uh ladder match for the north american championship what i did want to uh to bring up 
was I don't did you happen to see the uh ref bump there in the women's match? I did not. I did not. I, I believe it was I know we've talked about them before and I've tried to search them out, but I couldn't find it. That your buddy there in the NXT um referee. Uh we've talked about him before. He's been part of the show. Um oh crap, escapes name escapes me. Chip, no. Ah, his name escapes me at the moment. Anyways. Um, but no, it was just one of those things where it was just, I thought it was, it proved a point, but it looked like it was unnecessary where he was, uh, holding one of the, he was holding up one of the, the women and they actually, the other women did like a suicide dive over the top and took him out, but didn't really look like it like took him out. You know what I mean? Like, I know obviously when you do a ref bump is one thing you get taken out quite a bit. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's the point. Yeah. And with this one, it's like, okay, it just seems a little kind of lackadaisical, I think, for me anyways. Well, that's a difficult bump the way you're describing it. I, I didn't see it, but it's a very difficult bump the way you're describing it. So basically they're doing a house show dive and he's in the way and gets right. squished. Yeah. Well, I mean, well, so his back was to her, correct? Correct. No, it well, was face, facing, facing him. Oh, so, so she, when she went to do the dive, he was facing her? Yeah. Oh, wow. I'm trying um, to think on who... Shoot, I, I apologize. I thought I wrote it down, but I guess it did not. Anyways, I'm sorry. Go ahead. It's just a difficult bump. It really is. And if it's not... If they don't lay it in there, it's hard to sell. So that's one of those deals. If you if you don't lay it in, you, you, you're not going to be able to sell it and it's not going to look good. So that's, mm -hmm. just, that's just the way it goes sometimes. It was, yeah, it was just one. It just looked odd. That's the only reason I said it wasn't a bad thing. Obviously, it proved the point. It actually got uh, uh, the match over a little bit. It, it, like I said, it made sense. I just didn't, it just seemed awkward to me. That's all. Uh, but one thing that's never awkward might be a little out there, but it's time for our refin review of the week. So, Brian. This week, we actually have some positive things to review in the referee review. Uh, we saw last week on Dynamite, uh, Hangman Page get injured. I want you to briefly and talk about Paul Turner did a fantastic job at putting that situation. Because very rarely, as you know, you just get shit happens for better use of term. When you're in the ring and you got, you kind of have to call on the fly, do what's best for the talent. Now I know this is something that you saw uh, and I just want to get your thoughts on it. So first of all, I want to say that this is not a segment that's always supposed to be bad. And I don't want it to always be bad. I would rather have more positive than bad. So this is a week that I can show you that this is a positive segment and, and at times. So to touch on the injury that you said uh, was to the cowboy and or hangman and mm -hmm. Paul Turner did a fabulous, fabulous job. He did everything correct. There was nothing that he did that I wouldn't have done or should have done or whatever it may be. There's he did everything protocol correctly. And I thought that that was a just a stand-up job by Paul. He recognized the injury. He recognized he had to stop the action. 
he recognized that he, the guy wasn't right. He went to the other opponent, which was Moxley, and let him know the guy's banged up. The guy's fucked up. He's got something going on. And now that we know what we know, he was concussed very badly. So everything was done right. He made the match actually make sense of how it ended. The guy could not continue. So that made sense. The, the medical team did a wonderful job. The commentary did a good job. The camera shots were good. They put enough on it just so you know what was going on, but took enough off of it to where it wasn't your business. The guy was banged up. Just a marvelous job by Paul Turner. And I don't know, to be honest with you, how many refs nowadays would have been able to do the job he did. So I'm very, very proud of him. And I really think that he did a 100 fantastic percent job. And I mean that with all my heart. I just think that everything was done correctly. And, you know, the bad thing about it is back in the day, I've had situations like that where I wasn't able to do what he did because the business was a little different. Everyone now is a little bit caught up on the, on the concussion protocols, uh, the actual knowledge of knowing what happens when they happen, knowing what happens after they happen. There's classes, uh, Chris Nowinski now, uh, it goes now into these different federations. He went into the NWA when I was there. He went into the impact when I was there to talk to all of us about the concussions, which is absolutely awesome. And so now there's awareness that wasn't there before because I had guys that just determined that they were going to continue. And that's what happened. So I'm not even sure that that Turner was faced with that that question of whether he should let him go or not. I don't even know that, but I know that he did the right thing. And if he was questioned, that even makes it even better that he said, no way you're done. So times are different. The awareness is out there and it just shows you the protocols and the things that AEW did this week or this past week, excuse me, were done. Fantastic. And the medical staff deserves a hat off as well. Just a very, very well done job. Paul Turner. Great job, buddy. And I just really don't know nowadays who would have actually handled it that way and that well. Do you remember a time, whether it be WWE or TNA or the NWA, throughout your years of being a referee? I don't remember a time when you specifically had to, you know, have something like this happen to you when you were in the ring. I, I know we go back, we had our friend of the show, Jimmy Corderas, on, and he talked about with Owen that's in a different category in its own. Do you remember a time that this sort of thing has happened when you're involved in the match or involved with the promotion? Well, there's been many where guys got their bell rung. Uh, I can specifically remember a time when there was Eddie Guerrero. Uh, yeah, he, he was definitely obviously not going to kick out. And I had to aid him with that by using my other arm to slide under his shoulder, to lift it, to kick him out, to figure out what was going on. I remember not even long ago working with Tommy Dreamer. Uh, this was during the pandemic. He got knocked out. I knew something was wrong with him. And we touched on this, uh, I believe, on our podcast on Tommy. I believe so, yeah. yeah. And he agreed. He didn't know where he was at. He was saying stupid shit to me and all that kind of stuff. And that's the kind of, I mean... Tommy Dreamer's in the office too. And, you know, obviously I'd want to stop things, but he a promise we stopped because that was when there was no fans. So we were able to get time. So we had time. 
this wasn't a live to tape type of a situation. So it worked out where we knew he was okay. Whether we should have continued or not, uh, that's up for debate. If would Chris Nowinski say we should continue? Probably he would say no, but we did. So it's, it's it, you know, I was in the ring with Charlie Haas. He got concussed. So there's been many, many. And these are just frequent ones I'm thinking about. And obviously Eddie was the big one because I've never had to do that before. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it happens. It does happen. And it happens probably more often than people think. Yeah. The, uh, when we were previously talking about the NXT show, I just remembered the referee's name that took the bump was Chris Sharp. Oh, Chris Sharp was on that show? Yeah. Well, congratulations, man. I don't, I, don't... I, be- I, I believe, I believe I recognized him. I'm like, that's gotta be sharp. And I go back and I'm like, it's gotta be, I'd have to go back and watch the video, but I'm pretty sure that he had their, the, the match. Um, it was, like I said, it, it, it's by no, f- no fault, no diss on him. It just looked awkward. That's all I, I mentioned. But, uh, but yeah, just props to, to, to Paul Turner. Uh, and I believe he's the senior referee there. Uh, so obviously he's he's doing a stand up job, great job there, uh, and hopefully it's something that uh, you know a lot of a lot of referees there and around will will learn from. Well, another thing about Paul that people may not know, but he's been in the business for quite a while. He was Ring of Honor's referee for a long a uh, long time. He wasn't the lead ref there because there was somebody else that stood in the way because he just didn't want to give up his job and was the shits. And I don't mind saying that. Here comes the negative part of the ref review. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, but no, he took a he, he took a gamble. He took a leap of faith to go to the, uh, AEW. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people in our uh, Ring of Honor were questioning that move and jump, and were, you know, not all on board with it. Well, I don't think he made a mistake. I think he did okay. I think he made out just fine. And he's now the lead referee, which he should have been in Ring of Honor. And I don't know where that other guy is, but uh, I don't see anybody hiring him. Well, uh, who knows? I I haven't seen him in a while. I believe you're talking about uh, big guy Todd Sinclair, maybe. Big? Yes. Big big guy, yeah. Blonde guy. I, I don't know what color hair he's got. Yeah, yeah. No. I, it, I, it, I, I can't relate, obviously. So, well, uh, that's <laughs> I could do a, I could do it. We could do a whole podcast talking about that in a reference review. Him. But anyway, I, uh, I'll maybe, try. Maybe go. maybe that's some maybe that's something in the future, Brian. I don't, I don't even want to put him over. I don't no. even want to, I, I didn't even want you to say his name. Yeah. Well, we can, I'll leave it in, but we could always add it out there. Uh, no. And obviously I wanted to also mention this. We did mention it last week too. And we posted it online at RefNet up on Twitter and Instagram. If anybody has or sees something that uh, is a little awkward that you want to hear about on the Refn review, DM myself, uh, who runs the show page at Raffin and Up. DM Brian at Baby Habner, and let us know if you see something that just doesn't seem right, and you want Brian's opinion on on the show. Uh, and we can certainly give you a shout out as as well each and every week, because um, this is for you guys, and we want to make sure that you're enjoying what we're putting out. Uh, but before we get to our second count, let's send it up. To our good buddy Kurt Angle for a little break. Hello, 
It's Kurt Angle, 1996 Olympic gold medalist and 13-time world professional wrestling champion for Curable Active. My job for years as a top professional wrestler was to give millions of wrestling fans five-star matches they would remember for a lifetime. But to do my job, I had to put my body on the line. Unfortunately, I'm paying the price with injuries I've had on the mat and in the pro wrestling ring. My neck, which I broke five times, and I just had double knee replacement surgery, so I know pain. Aches and pains are part of life, and pain sucks. You can suffer with it or manage it with all-natural Curable Active. This decision changed my life. I apply Curable Active daily to my achy areas for soothing pain relief. If Curable Active can get me through my day, there's a good chance it can help you too. Get Curable Active just like thousands of others and save 20% today. Go to Curable.com, use promo code KURT20. That's K-U-R-I-B-L.com, code K-U-R-T-20. Ladies and gentlemen, this is your second count. Brian, before we welcome in Deanna Perrazzo, let's just talk, take a few moments here, just talk about her early career there. Um, She debuted, or made her entering debut, excuse me, in 2013 in uh, D2W Professional Wrestling, went there for the Academy, debuted there alongside her trainer, Damian Adams. Um, both continued to train um, at Adam's training facility. And then she actually got extra training uh, sessions alongside Rip Rogers at Ohio Valley wrestling. Um, Obviously that's somebody that you're familiar with Rip Rogers, right? Obviously between with your dad and your uncle, right? Oh, absolutely. Yes, sir. Uh, so she ended up doing a lot of extra work with uh, WWE in 2014 as she appeared in several skits as part of Adam Rose's Rosebuds, uh, which I think a lot of you look back at it now and you see a lot of the NXT talent. Then in 2014-15, a lot of those talents, a lot of those men and women are part of you know, Impact. They're part of AEW. They're part of WWE's main roster. So I, it, it's one of those things <laughs> that you pretty much do whatever you got to do to get on, to get on screen and to get in front of a camera, get in a ring. Um, when was the first time you remember seeing Deanna? Was it here at NXT and WWE or did you not really see a lot of her until she got to, uh, to TNA impact? I, I just remember her being on uh, WWE programming, but I didn't know much about her at all. So getting to know her was actually, you know, in impact wrestling. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so that that's that's where we became like friends and one on one conversations and things of that nature, where I really knew who she actually was. No, no, And what I was noticing down here uh, also through our show notes is that. You know, just leading up to NXT, there were so many things that she did just to be seen to get into the business. It's, it just amazes me as we do these podcasts, what these guys and girls go through just to, to, to make it, you know, it's just, it's fascinating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause she ended up starting the rebirth of the women's or the ROH women's division, as they call it women of honor. Um, and she made her ROH debut against Mandy Leon in, in Baltimore uh, in July of 2015. But it's one of those things. If you want to start a women's division, I really think, and I'm not saying it because she's on her show, our show today. And I'm not saying it because I'm a fan of hers. I I am. Don't get me wrong. But 
you start a women's division with Deanna Perrazzo. Oh, without a doubt. I would have to say top five technical women wrestlers in the world. Mm-hmm. Just ground game, ground and pound can can do the the intangibles that a lot of other women just simply can't do. Or men. I'm not comparing men, women to men. I'm just saying in general. Yeah. Uh, as far as the league that she's in, which is women, there ain't much better. There really isn't. And that's why I'm also very, very excited to sit down and talk with her and go over you, her, and I with the, her match with Mickey James. Yeah. I mean, my gosh. I mean, can you get better than those two? I mean, so exciting stuff. Yeah, because that's we're going to be talking about her match there with, like you said, with Mickey James from Hard Justice 2022. Was, I believe it was a uh, Texas Street uh, or Texas Death Match, I believe, right? It was a Texas something. Yeah, I don't know if it was a Texas death match or just a Texas whoop like, I don't know. Yeah, it was like a street fight or something. Because I remember watching it again, and I sent you the uh, the uh, YouTube. I'm like, holy crap! It was awesome. They went. They they went nuts in that. They they really did. I, I I forgot how good it was until I went back and looked at it and watched it. Wow, they really killed each other. <laughs> they did not hold back. Well, and I think the build to it too. And this is something obviously we'll talk with um, with Deanna about. It's just the build for it, which is yeah. absolutely fantastic, I think. And because you know, it, we'll talk about it obviously, but is the you know going to you know NWA Empower for the whole women's all women's pay per view, and that's really the you really start the storytelling there. And I think. I, you're friends with both. You know both very well. They just complement each other so well. No, they do. They do. They work hand in hand. And uh, just really cool that just just to say that I worked with both of them in a, in a huge match, title match. So it was just really cool. And I can't wait to go over it. Yeah, that's something yeah. we'll talk about real in a little bit. But let's welcome her in now. The one, the only. Hello. Diana Perrazzo. Welcome to the show, Diana. Guys, how are you? Good. Yeah, we're, just put, we're just putting you over a little bit more. Ooh. Just <laughs> <so>. <laughs> no, we just were talking about your uh it really re your the rebirth of the ROH women's division, women of yeah. honor, when you got there in 2015. And uh we Brian and I both really agreed when you want to start a women's division, you start with Diana Perrazzo. <laughs> Oh, thank you guys. That was, oh, like I was just thinking about it too, thinking about all the things we would talk about. And like Ring of Honor is such a like pivotal part of my career and kind of where like they just gave me a a blank slate and said like, do whatever. And that's where the Virtuosa came to be. Everything about her is I learned just from doing in front of a Ring of Honor crowd. Yeah, because that that was right around when the pan or not not when the pandemic happened. Excuse me, that was right, kind of similar. It's like you get that going, and then a couple of years down the road, you get the pandemic. It's like holy crap! It's like we got to get this going, kind of thing. Yeah, they um, you know, so that when I started there, it was like back in 2015. So I was yeah. like a baby. I was like. 19 or 20 years old right and going to ring of honor maybe i was 21 for the first times um and then you know i left did some other things and yeah the start of the pandemic you know i was with impact um and 
I, they reached out to me and were like, hey, you know, we're going to revamp our women's division. Would you want to be a part of it? And it was kind of awkward because it was like, you know, I was a free agent still. You know, I hadn't officially signed with Impact yet, but I had given, um, you know, my word that come January I would, I would, and that's when my contract would kick in. And um, so I was, I said to Dean Ring of Honor, like, look, out of respect for Impact and the deal that we have and what we're doing moving forward, I need to get with them. So it was just a, a long waiting period between you know, when I got to actually work with Ring of Honor again, the end of last year, um, to when they had first asked me, which was, you know, 2020. First of all, hello, Diana. Hello. How we are just you? jumped right in. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is my show. <laughs> hey, real quick. Um, obviously, we have show notes and things like that. And um, there's things that I noticed. So you did lots of things before in TNA. And I noticed, which is really, really strange and cool, that before you were, I guess, featured would be the right word, you did a explosion match, losing to a lady by the name of Laurel Vaness. Do you remember yes, that? I do remember that. Can you explain to everybody who Laurel Vaness is? Laurel is Chelsea Green, my best friend. <laughs> How ironic is that? Yeah. <laughs> Did you ever did you ever get frustrated with the the process of trying to be where you're at now? Like, in other words, there were so many things and I go through these notes and it's unbelievable. We just talked about before you got on there what things you go through throughout your life in this business to be where you're at. Yeah. And got to be a breaking point before you almost want to quit. I would think maybe not. But was it? During your TNA run there, that wasn't a run, and then became one run. You know what I mean? What? Where were you? Kind of at your breaking point, which in like, damn it, let me the fuck in the door. <laughs> I think that I had like two of them. I think that, um, you know, with Impact, it was always, uh, you know, I got brought in. I wrestled Laurel. I wrestled um, Madison Rain. I wrestled Brooke Tessmacher. Like I, you know, my very first like live television match was knockouts knockdown 2014 i wrestled brooke tessmacher my eighth professional wrestling match ever so i think that i was exposed to so much so early that i i didn't go through like the the indies where you don't get paid or never not making any money like i kind of just got right in right and it took a long time for me to get to that breaking point you know and with impact it was probably right after that loop with Chelsea um, where we wrestled. And then I went to Japan like two weeks later and I was just kind of like, this isn't working out. You know what I mean? Like, and I had things to work on and Gail was honest with me about that. Um, but it was frustrating. And then I came back from Japan. I was supposed to be in the Mae Young Classic uh, for WWE. And, um, you know, right up until two weeks before that, I was in the tournament, in the tournament. And then I was an extra. Uh, and I got to this breaking point of like, what do I need to do for one of these companies who are always happy to bring me in as the good hand to capitalize on me? What the fuck? You know? <laughs> yeah, I totally and get it. <laughs> went to, uh, you know, back to WWE and basically said like, look, um, Ring of Honor is offering me a contract. I'm going to take that. And that's kind of how, you know, everything started there with their women's championship and all that back in, you know, 2000, the end of 2017, 18. That didn't work out well. So I went to NXT 
And then I had that second breaking point in NXT of like, this is horrible. And, you know, I was a WWE fan my whole life. My goal um, was to be a women's champion and to main event WrestleMania because women hadn't done that yet then. And here I am. Finally, WWE says yes. And it was horrible, professionally horrible, personally horrible. My whole life fell apart. And that was the moment of like, I don't even think I want to be a wrestler anymore. I, when I got released from NXT, it was like the first thing I did was sign up for college because <laughs> I was like, I don't, I think I'm just going to be a normal person. I think I'm done with all of this. Um, you know, but then there was impact again. And Scott Demore called me right away and was like, we would love to have you. We, uh, you're on my list to work with, like come in and just let's see what happens. Um, you know, and thank God he did because impact really like reignited this passion for wrestling that I really lost. Mm. So what was so bad about NXT? Was it the way it was run? Was it the way they treated you? Or was it a combination of all? It was a little bit of a combination of everything. It was, you know, um, you know, I had come off of, of being at Ring of Honor and doing such great things. I was wrestling all over the world on indies every weekend, multiple times a weekend, making money, like doing the wrestler thing, right? I was at my peak. And I think just where I saw myself compared to what they saw me as was totally different. And then, you know, they asked me to change some things. So I changed some things. And then they asked me to change more things. And I, you know, we just butt heads because I just felt like, you know, I'm working so hard and I'm, I'm trying to prove myself and you guys aren't seeing, seeing that. Uh, so we just butt heads constantly. And, you know, then there were some things that went on in my personal life. I had a horrible breakup, you know, that kind of bled into work and, um, you know, lost a lot of friends and things like that, that overall, it just, uh, was a combination of like my professional life, you know, not being as successful as I thought I could be if they gave me the chance, but then also like a lot of behind the scenes in my personal life, not working out that it was just like this perfect storm, but horrible storm combination <laughs> that I just like, I'm done. I'm so done. <laughs> what I found interesting too, and Brian contested this because he's got the same list of people that you wrestled uh, before you got the impact there in 20 is just un unreal and i had to double i had to like look at it twice i'm like you're wrestling oscar on raw you're wrestling rear ripley for the uh, nxt uk uh division you've been to stardom you've been to shimmer you've been like brian said you've done it all and it's just like how that's the thing that maddened me when i was watching nxt when you're wrestling and it's just like how can you not you know find something for a talent like Deanna Prowse, it's like, what the? Mm. Anyways, that, that 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 got my rant out of the way. Anyways, but um, you know, you, you get released there from NXT in April of 20. Literally a month later, you're contacted by Madison Rain to come into Impact. Yeah. How, with the pun intended, I guess, how impactful has Madison been on your career? Yeah. Oh, gosh. Um, Like, and I, I think because... Uh, you know, we don't post pictures together and we're not always Instagramming and tagging. Like people don't realize mine and Madison's relationship. And, and even before coming into impact, you know, Madison and I have been friends for six or seven years. Um, you know, she, I wrestled her, I came back to impact in 2016, did knockouts, knockdown. I wrestled her. And since then it was like, we've been like, like this so tight. Um, and someone, she's someone I talked to if not every day, every other day, I can tell her anything. We talk about our real lives. 
Um, she really is one of my very closest friends. So she kind of knew how I was feeling in NXT already and always made it known of like, if there's anything I could do for you, if you decide to quit or you get released or whatever, like I, she's always been one of my biggest supporters and my biggest fans. And she's always been willing to do above and beyond whatever she can for me. Um, for whatever reason, she believes in me. And, and, you know, I can never thank her enough, but she's one of my very, very closest friends. When I left um, Impact Wrestling and signed with NWA, I believe that was when your move to Impact was more, I don't know how this keeps coming up, but anyway, impactful. Um, <laughs> uh, and when I got there, you were like really, really a, a wonderful person to me when I first came in, accepted me right away. Um, and I just noticed too, that the respect that you had in the locker room was absolutely unbelievable. And I immediately knew looking over and looking what I see, I'm, I'm a very, very, very nosy and, 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 and visual person. And I just noticed the respect that you got from the men and the women. And I thought it was really cool. And I immediately went, okay, I have to work with this chick. I really do have to work with this chick. And I did several times. And yeah. you're so professional too, which I love. You take it very serious. And it, and it, it, it I'm, I want to say this the right way to where it doesn't come off negative on the dirt sheets or something, but. <laughs> it will. Well, well, since when has that bothered you before, Brian? Well, it's starting to, it's starting to get to me. <laughs> But the professionalism now of women's wrestling is so different than what it used to be in my earlier career. And like the intense, the perfection, the I want to do it like this, like that to make it good is there with you. You know what I mean? And I've worked with you so many times now at this point. And there's a there's a funny story I'm going to get into later. We'll get to that. But you just tripped me out with that. And I just will never forget it. It was just completely fucking awesome. And we're going to laugh about that for a little while. But, but but my point to the whole conversation was that I didn't know you on that level when I came back to Impact. And I, and I quickly got there quickly. I mean, we became really good friends quick. Me and Steve became really good friends in the locker room there. And I didn't even know y'all were together, to be honest with you, when I first came back there. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so that, that was pretty cool to figure that out. I was like, oh, shit. Okay. All right. Here we go. There are a couple. And, uh, but no, the, 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 the business has changed so much and you're such a professional and the way that you work. And we described this earlier, uh, before you got on, I told, you know, RJ that I just haven't seen the technical side of a woman as much as I saw with you. So my question to you with the compliment as well is where are you getting all this technical shit? Who the fuck's training you to do this shit? <laughs> um, I think. So my trainer, Damian Adams in New Jersey, um, he, the, the building we started in, in 2012 was, um, like an old, an old high school, school building. And it was just a small little room with a low ceiling that literally you just fit in. Like you could just fit the ring in. And the ring was like pushed up against two walls this way. So you couldn't like go outside, um, on like two of the sides and huh with it by the door to where you couldn't get out that might have been done on purpose yeah maybe 
Um, yeah, so it's like you couldn't go to the top rope because the the ceiling was so low, the ring just fit in there. And so, you know, he um just just harped on like this old school American style that was all about like technical wrestling and, and holds and and um giving me a platform to be able to wrestle anybody. If you can grab a hold, if you can communicate, if you can um just like wrestle in this style that yeah, you could do a little bit of lucha. You could do a little bit of, of um, you know, J- Japanese style. You could do anything. You will be successful because you could work with anybody. So he really just, like, grounded me in um, staying on my feet and, and knowing when to grab a hold and knowing when the crowd needs to settle and things like that. Um, but then some of my favorite wrestlers were Eddie Guerrero, Dean Malenko, um, you know, Randy Orton. Uh, and I just, I still go back and I watch Chris Jericho and I watch Owen Hart and Bret Hart and, and just try to take like little bits and pieces of them. Um, you know, even going back to, you know, old school with Johnny Saint and the European wrestling. I just, I really, really love it. Um, I think it's so intricate and so detailed that it, it's fun to be a woman and, and bring that out because you don't get to see it very often. One more quick thing, um, and I should know the name, and I'm sorry I don't, but do you remember the chick that was aligned with Ring of Honor that came in and wrestled you? Yes, Roxy. That was, like, amazing, crazy. <laughs> Thank you. I mean, the the way that y'all maneuvered out of finishes and holds and stuff was, was I didn't think there was another woman out there that could do it like you, to be quite honest with you. And I hope I'm not offending anybody. I'm talking about your style. <laughs> That'll hit the dirt sheets too. That I'm bashing everybody else. I don't give a fuck. Whatever. <laughs> but that was really cool. I don't. Did, RJ, we touched. Is there anything that we touched on note wise? Because I, I never saw anything. She but I, is. Um. There was. I believe she's now in. It's Roxanne Perez now. Correct. Deanna? Yes. Okay. Yes. And she was ended up being the. I guess the last Ring of Honor Women's Champion before they got. Uh, before ROH got bought by Tony Khan there. And I believe Mercedes Martinez is their champion now. But yeah, it was just absolutely phenomenal. You see a lot of pretty much from 2017, 2018, seeing a lot of these talent, like yourself included, Chelsea, Britt, uh, Roxy, who just, it's kind of just dispersing and making the women's division all over the place. Just, you get that revolution. You know, they had it in, you know, WWE there. And now you're starting to see kind of the develop, it developed, excuse me, throughout Impact. Get like yourself there. You got Mickey. You got Jordan. A lot of these great talents in Impact. Then you go all over the place. Is that something? Obviously, you went to Stardom. You went to uh, Shimmer. Is that something that you said? Okay, let's kind of bring that type of wrestling over here to the states. No, I don't think it was a conscious choice um, yeah. for me. I think that, um, you know, Damien, again, uh, it, you know, my finish became the Fujiwara armbar by mistake. Mm-hmm. It wasn't, again, a, a conscious choice. It was like I was on an indie show, um, an all-women show at NYWC in um, Long Island. And uh, I was working a girl mid – we were, like, mid-match of the uh, on the card. And um, – he was like, Hey, you know, could you maybe like work the arm? The promoter asked. And I was like, yeah, sure. And, uh, you know, I was a preschool teacher at the time. So I had left work. I was on my way up to New York. And, um, I asked Damien who was with me, like, what can I do on the arm? Like, what's a good finisher for the arm? And he was like, you should do the Fujiwara arm bar. And I was like, 
okay, cool. What's that? So as I'm driving, we're in traffic and he's showing me videos of it. And I'm like, okay, cool. Yeah, I'll do that. And from that day on, like it just, something clicked in me that that was what I was going to do. And I just like kind of built this style around, again, very, um, I don't know if it's, it's very American anymore, but like, you know, how do you go, you go for the finish. And then when you get it, the crowd will realize you went for it earlier and, and pot bigger for it now. And, and um, I, he had me establish this whole move, uh, this move set around the Fujiwara armbar. And, you know, that was heavily became who I am and what I'm known for and t technical wrestling. Like, I don't actually think I'm the greatest technical wrestler in the world, but I can get into my finish, which is a submission, you know, five or six different ways. So it appears that I'm the greatest technical wrestler in the world. Um, but I think that things like that maybe started in Japan. And, and I don't know. I don't know. It wasn't a cognizant choice. I didn't say I'm going to be this type of wrestler. It just kind of fell into my lap. <laughs> wow. Well, it's worked out so far for you. I think you're pretty, you mean, you made it you made it work <laughs> i think so <laughs> so you were you would you say you were a school teacher yeah i was a preschool teacher diana how many kids did you smack none but there was a couple that i would like to have <laughs> <laughs> no now the headline is gonna be like diana wants to abuse children no i i had a good um we had a reward system but i a very tough love kind of person. And, um, you know, I think that with kids, it's important to show tough love, but also give them the love when they need it. And that was very much the teacher that I was. <laughs> That's awesome. So by, by the way, uh, for all you listeners, if you are a fan of Deanna and you think that you are a tough man and you want to challenge someone like her, you better watch your ass because she will beat your ass. Um, <laughs> She's one of the toughest I know, but I'm gonna get to something about that later on. But 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 damn, I, school teacher, I'd have never pegged you. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> I, and and I think it's like we're we're gonna take a snippet of this, Diana, and just kind of just put this for your uh, play this for your future children when you you and uh, Steve decide if that's something you decide. Children are for everybody, but man, that's uh, something we can play for your future children. <laughs> it, 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 it definitely takes a marine to. Uh, to make sure to uh hell of a combination between the virtuosa and a marine so <laughs> yeah definitely interesting our our well it's funny because i'm so not the virtuosa in real life right like i get to the ring and she's like cool calm and collected and can do everything and in real life i am a i'm a train wreck like panic attacks all the time like don't know what i'm doing freaking out right before i go through the curtain i just have like a moment of like <sighs> And then here I am. But it's 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 the TV that gets me because in my real life, everything's a mess. I am messy. You know, I'm a walking tornado, Steve likes to say. Um, so. <laughs> what's what's actually really funny about you is she's right. I've seen her this way. Like, but she's the calmest tornado. Like, she's not trying to tear no houses down. But she's yeah. trying to just take the, 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 the shingles off, but not the roof. Yeah, I and don't need to be category five. No, you're not a cat five. You're like a cat <laughs> one, barely got there. But you're cool. but it's, it's really weird. It's really weird. But you're exactly right. You explained yourself very well. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, that too. Go ahead. I'm sorry, Deanna. I, I said that's the first step, right? Yeah. Know yourself. It's either that or you just you get shown pictures of your pups and then you just like you, you melt then, right? Yes. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> But we'll talk about, you know, 
you come in here to impact and you immediately get thrusted into a feud here with, uh, with Jordan grace, uh, hell of a promo when you came in. I, I have to say that, uh, Thank you. introducing yourself as the virtuosa, uh, is that something that, you know, you can pretty much wrestle with pretty much anybody. You've wrestled Brett, you've wrestled Chelsea, you've wrestled Mickey, you've wrestled Tasha, everybody. Jordan Grace is a different type of wrestler. Yeah. How did you, I, I, I with all due respect, <laughs> I didn't mean that badly, but no, I, I... <laughs> how, how'd you prepare yourself for that type of, you know, program with her? Yeah, I think that that was so important to me because it was my first, you know, post NXT, post WWE thing. And I went into NXT with so much hype and so much like, oh my God, she's amazing. She's going to do amazing things. And unfortunately, it didn't happen that way. So now I had to re-show myself to the world and re-show them like, hey, no, I am good. And just shit didn't work out, you know? And and I really... um went to the gym extra hard, like was in a ring multiple times a week to just like get my cardio up and, and go through ideas and walk through new moves and how to get into the arm bar and, and knowing what Jordan did and how to use that against her and things like that. So it, I really took, you know, that I came in in May, we worked to, to, uh, to slam anniversary in July. So those two months were like the most focused I had been in a long time at that point, because I just wanted this, this anniversary match, me um, winning the knockouts championship for the first time to be my reintroduction to the world of like, oh, this bitch still has it. Hell yeah. Um, and I think that that match with Jordan was the most perfect professional wrestling match I will ever have in my entire life. I cannot, like Jordan is so so good at everything, right? She can do a little bit of lucha. She can run fast. She's strong as hell. Um, but she can also do the technical wrestling and throw you around. And like, you just never really know what you're going to get with her. Um, and she doesn't know her own strength. So you're beating the hell out of each other. But I just think we have such great chemistry. We're really great friends, you know, in real life. And uh, anytime I work with her, it's magic to me. So that match is like the epitome of what I think is per perfect wrestling. Me and Jordan at Slamiversary 2020. Yeah, because you had that, that summer of 20. It's like, holy crap. Between, it was, I think that was one of the best feuds of the summer, to be honest with you, with yourself and Jordan. Because like you said, you come in here, you have her at Slamiversary in July. You have a 30-minute, first ever, mind you, first ever knockouts 30-minute Iron Man match yeah. at uh, Emergence. And it's just, like you said, boy you guys can literally do anything and it's just like it's on showcase there and it's like man if if any anybody really wants to watch you know really great technical wrestling you got to watch these two matches really from from 20, 2020 here yeah. um because it's just you really get it's like a peek behind the curtain into how how do you can do literally everything and still get everything over you you submitted grace to win your first title there mm -hmm. and then you you defend it against like holy mother of mary maybe it's just me it's but it's like unbelievable <laughs> when you, when when i've noticed too that when you get the, the belt you you don't lose it quickly that's for sure yeah 
Yeah, it was, uh, I wasn't, <laughs> I wasn't supposed to have it as long as I did for sure. Um, but you know, things happen and you have to like roll with the punches and, and figure it out. But I think that, you know, it's, I, I don't know, in my opinion, it's easier to have a heel champion and to have a baby face on the chase, you know? So I think it just makes for more drama and it makes it more interesting. And I feel like heels have better long runs. And for me, it was constantly trying to like, okay, so the Virtuoso won it. That's my reintroduction. Now I win it for the, you know, I lose it to Sue at Bound for Glory 2020, but I win it back in a no DQ match. So how do we, you know, the Fujiwara armbar wouldn't make Sue Young, this, this, this demon person, tap out so i need a new finish there came the pile driver um you know in an odq match with which no one's ever seen me really do before so how do how do you constantly like up your game and reinvent yourself and show new sides of you and and i think that's what makes it the most interesting but these long title runs they don't get boring and i think that's that's really cool and interesting and, and there's something that i heard or read i don't remember which and it doesn't matter i just want to see if you can agree with this or not, which I think is fate, is that you're right. You weren't supposed to have it as long as you were supposed to, is what I was told. Or, or what I heard, or read. I, I don't remember which. I really don't. Um, but anyway, I read or heard that at one point you were supposed to drop a title. Someone got hurt. You put then that you went over. Then there was another occasion that you were supposed to drop the belt. I believe someone else got, was hurt that or something to that effect. Can you touch on that and, and, and elaborate? Yeah, so, um, yeah, Bound for Glory, Kylie got hurt. Um, my surprise opponent was Sue, so I did lose. Um, and then, uh, yeah, they had me win it back three, three or four weeks later in a no-DQ match. And then there was supposed to be, like, one other time um, right before Slammiversary, I believe, 2021, where I ended up wrestling Thunder Rosa, that I was maybe going to lose, but then I was doing stuff with AAA, and there was like, I don't know whether it was a miscommunication or what it was, but my AAA match for Triple Mania became a title versus title match. And um, <laughs> so then I couldn't lose because I was I had already said I'd put the title on the line. And, and so I had went to them with like, I'm so down to do whatever you need. And if it can't, if, if I'm not the champion, that's so fine. But like, whoever then is the champion needs to go to triple mania and not me. You know what I mean? And that way the knockouts championship is still defended. It's still title versus title, but like now there's other implications and other things involved that um, are bigger than just this one match. Right. Uh, so then I, I ended up keeping it. Um, you know what? I, I, they didn't know what my match at slam was going to be um, because I was supposed to wrestle somebody else. And then they had to, they had to leave. And it was a whole thing. So um, that, that mystery opponent was really like, I didn't know until a couple days before who I was wrestling. <laughs> um, and yeah, then like Mickey got released and it all kind of just like fell into place. But yeah, there was like well, those two times that I was supposed to, um, lose and then things happened and then I was maybe gonna lose but maybe not and no one really could figure it out but there were so many outside forces happening um that just had me hold on to it way longer so Deanna not that you're arguing the fact but you know that's fate right <laughs> I am such a believer in everything happens for a reason and and then fate and um absolutely I think that I needed it for my confidence and, and I don't know what the universe was giving me, but they gave me everything I needed. <laughs> That's amazing. It really is. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, it was. It was it, so cool. So cool. 
So you won the title, like you said, you mentioned there, you beat Sue, uh, no DQ. You won the title back there in November. You would then hold it for another 343 days. Yeah. Holy crap. Like Brian said, (laughs) when you win a title, you hold on to it for quite some time. Um, Yeah. Right. You beat the likes of Masha Slamovich, which I desperately want to see that again very, very soon in Impact for sure, because the way she's been coming into the, the company like second, secondly coming in again. I'm like, cool. Oh, that's that would be perfect to see a Dion and Masha match. I'm like, huh, interesting. Yeah. <laughs> but was that something that they, you know, they pitched to you that hey, we're gonna keep it on you for this amount of time, or is it something that it would just you just kind of went with the flow kind of thing? Yeah, like I said, I think that you know, like once, um, you know, Bound for Glory happened, and then it was like everything was kind of tossed out the window. You know what I mean? It was like, we just all had to go with flow, not just me, but the whole company as a whole had to be like, okay, how do we reassess and what do we do that's going to work best for everybody? So, you know, like I said, I just kind of was like, you know, they had me set up to, to wrestle jazz and wrestle um, ODB and, and then kind of do this like legend killer esque kind of thing but then i was working with triple a and and um you know there were just so many outside factors that it was just kind of like i'm down to do whatever and you know you're lucky if you get one run so i'm going to capitalize the most i can until it's not my time anymore and take it for what it's worth and and be grateful so i just did whatever they asked me to do so we're going to close uh close this second count i know you're probably thinking what the fuck's he talking about um We, we have three counts on our show, obviously. I was a referee, one, two, three. So this is our second count. So we're going to close this out. Um, but we want to talk about the name Virtuoso real quick. So yeah. where did it come from? Who came up with it? And what did it mean to you when you came up with it? Or whoever came up with it? Just give me the backstory of that. Yeah, so I was in Ring of Honor 2015. And uh, they were like, hey, you know, Deanna Perazzo is great, but you need to be something. You know what I mean? We need a little something more, um, some kind of moniker, some kind of nickname, something. And, you know, obviously I had this this more technical wrestling style and I wanted to pay homage to that. Uh, but I didn't want to be the mechanic, the technician, the whatever. Um, so I was trying to find like you know, Italian words or Latin words that would translate. And one of the first ones I found was virtuoso. And, you know, I kind of was like, it kind of sounds weird. And if you don't know how to say it, you know, then it it sounds completely wrong. And, you know, people may not know what it means because it's not, you know, an English word and it's going to be an education process. So no, scrapped it. Um, But I kind of couldn't come up with anything better. And I kept coming back to that. Like, it's really pretty. It's feminine. I am Italian. It works for me. You know, it didn't really have um, any character traits to it. But it was just like, okay, I'm the virtuosa. That's who I am. And I just went with it. Um, And Ring of Honor was like, cool, okay. And let me come out with it. But then, you know, when I got to NXT, it was like, okay, you have this. And I never really had to explain it before. Like, it seemed like the fans just got it. You know, they what I was going for um but when I got to NXT it was like well what does virtuoso mean and I was like okay well the literal you know Webster dictionary definition is blah, blah, blah. and it was like okay but like if that's who you are then we need to see that and that's when I really started to like up my gear designs and and uh, work with real like 
rhinestones and crystals and get jackets and have new boots made and really tried to up my appearance. Um, because I think that, you know, a virtuosa is uh, someone who has outstanding technical abilities and it really pertains to art and, and music and um, playing instruments primarily. Um, but I think that can also translate into fashion. And I think that um, my jackets are really a, a great example of, of art and my artistry and what the virtuosa is. Very medieval, very, um, you know, Victorian and Elizabethan and all these different time periods that I really try to hone in on, um, bring that element to life, you know? And then my entrance music had to be a part of that. So um, it started out as just really just like a word that I was like, I'm gonna be this today. And then it stuck. And then I had to develop an entire character around it. Uh, and that's how we got to where we are today. That is awesome. So there's <laughs> two more things I want to say that I, before I break into our third count. First of all, I have seen you in some crazy outfits since I've been there. Uh, and I mean, some of them I was just like, remember the one that you wore uh, where we, you kind of had to alter it because it had the big pointy hat or whatever it was? Yes. Yes. Yes, it was hilarious. You didn't know what to do with the darn thing. No, and I ordered it purple and it came white. And I was like, oh no, I like, I will be canceled if I wear this white Pope <laughs> hat, but it did not look like a Pope hat. And I was like, oh my goodness, no, this is so, so horrible and not what I ordered. So thankfully, right before Halloween, of course, Chelsea and I went to every CVS in Las Vegas. And they have, um, you know, hairspray that colors hair. And around Halloween time, you can get purple, you can get blue, you can get orange. We bought every single container of this colored hairspray that we could find at every CVS in the immediate area in Las Vegas. And I went back to the hotel room and I laid down a giant towel on our bathroom floor. And I said, I'm going to try to make it purple because it was pearl white. And it was and it was beautiful. It was meant to be a Pope hat. Like the inspiration was Rihanna at the Met Gala and she's got the hat and the matching jacket, but it, it, it did not look like that. And um, yeah, so I said to Steve, like, let me work some magic here. Let's see what happens. And it was, it came out perfect, but it was a process. <laughs> and I totally, totally remember that. It was so funny. Uh, and then I just want to touch on two more things real quick. Yeah. Because we touched on it, and I just wanted to put them over in a way. So we talked about Masha. Yeah. And I think Masha is I want to I want to commend Impact actually because of the way they packaged her and the way that they gave her weeks and weeks and weeks, almost months, right? At this point, where she just squashed people and people got to get with her character. And I thought that's what made it so intriguing and still has me intrigued, just like me and RJ want to see that again. And I think yeah. that. That's hats off to the the powers that be at Impact. And that's, I wanted to put that over. And then I also wanted to put over Miss Chelsea Green because, first of all, I love her. She's full of life, just like you. And y'all break my day. Every time I see y'all, you'll make me laugh, like, to no end. And what a milestone of just really getting the business and learning it and becoming a good professional wrestler. Yeah. Would you not? have to agree with that absolutely absolutely and she, cares. she cares so much and you can tell and she doesn't accept just getting in the ring and getting the job done she wants to get in there and she wants to work hard and she wants to have a good match she wants to be a better wrestler 
Mm-hmm. I know that she was shoved down people's throats at first when she was Laura Vanessa. She was not ready. She just wasn't at that time. And and no knock on her. I would take money and do what I got to do too. You know what I mean? And I think that that's what she was probably had to do to get her foot in the door. But my God, she has jumped leaps and bounds. So I just wanted to put her over because I know that you love her so much. I love her so much. So we're going to love her now. And that's awesome. Yes. Oh, I love her to death. And, you know, like, I remember we were extras at NXT for something. And she's like, um, I don't even remember who. Someone texted me I should come to Impact and, like, do some extra work. And I was like, hell yeah, you should. Go. And she's like, I don't know. I don't know. I said, this is a good thing. Like, you should do it all. Go. Go and do it. And then she got the job. And, you know, Chelsea's the first person to admit, like, I don't know wrestling. Like, I didn't grow up a big wrestling fan. Like, I kind of just just fell into wrestling. Um, But she has worked so hard to get where she is and so hard to to learn what she's good at and hone in on what she's good at and and still be a character because she loves acting and she loves the putting on a a show aspect of what we do um that you know and it's and we always say had we met when I when we were both you know like 12 or 13 we would have hated each other because (laughs) I was such a wrestling fan and I was like you need to be an indie wrestler to be a wrestler and these models and Um, and that's her like I just googled how to be a WWE diva one day and but you have to find common ground and you have to accept that uh, even if you didn't come from the same background, you know, we all ended up in the same place and everyone has their own path and journey. And as long as you're giving it 100% while you're on this journey, then who cares? And she gives it 110,000% every time she steps in the ring. So, you know, even if she wasn't my absolute best friend and my matron of honor, um, I would still love her as much because I see the hard work she puts in and the respect she has and how much she wants to do good uh, for the people she works with. I totally agree. All right, RJ, I'm going to stop because I could talk to Deanna all night long. (laughs) On up to the third count, brother. Ladies and gentlemen, this is your third count. Count, count, count. Brian, so we got a special segment here. Uh, third count where we go over the match that you had with Mickey James from hard to kill 2022 in January, a Texas death match, another first for the knockout division where you guys main evented a uh, impact pay-per-view. Um, yeah. What I want to play for you real quick. I ruined the surprise that Brian failed to tell me that he wanted to keep it a surprise, but <laughs> so be it. <laughs> Uh, this is the promo that you did. I, I kind of cut it up a little bit, but I, this is the promo that you did right before um, the match. So let me hit play. Let me know if you can, can't hear it. I can put it up for you. What type of athlete is waiting to step up and go, Queen's jamming! She just dumped her on her head! It's Mickey James! It's Mickey James! The thing is, this is my moment and my knockouts division. I personally would like to invite you to come to Empower. Why don't you do us all a favor and grab your trash bag and get the hell out of here? You do not disrespect Mickey James. This is hardcore country. Mickey James! Her actions at NWA 73 were so disrespectful. Mickey James victorious. Oh, and a hump kick. A hump kick. The 
Rosa is ready to take out anybody who may stand in her way. And now the world knows it, and certainly Mickey James knows it. What better place to become knockouts champion again than at Bound for Glory against you? The answer is hell no. Wrestlers don't make matches. They don't get to turn them down either. All right, so forgive me. That was for the Bound for Glory, uh, but that just kind of gives you a little bit of context for everybody that's listening, the context to this type of feud that you guys had. Uh, context, we go to Empower, you wrestle there, you uh, come to NWA 73 during her match. Just the storytelling, even before we get here to Hard to Kill, just absolutely phenomenal. Is that something that you and Mickey kind of went over? Was it something that the office went over and said, hey, let's let's try this and see what happens? Um, I don't know. Like, I think that Mickey um, coming in at, at uh, Slammiversary was kind of like a last minute thing. And then we had some physicality there where I tell her, like, you know, get your trash bag and get the hell out. Um, and then <clears throat> she kicks me. And I remember, you know, when I got my creative, like the day before I left or whatever it was, calling um you know robert evans one of our head writers and just saying like ah, do you got like do you think this is too soon right because i knew we would we would be building at least until bound for glory because that's our next biggest pay-per-view but i was a bit worried of like we have so much potential storytelling here that is starting with physicality going to make it hard to keep it interesting as long as, you know, the next three or four months. And, you know, they were like, well, is there something better? Or, you know, what do you think? Let's come up with ideas. Let's kind of shoot shit about this and see. Um, and, you know, we they just landed on, we think the physicality is the best way to introduce Mickey back. And you know what? Like I said, like I said earlier, like I was just, I can raise the questions and I can ask, but at the end of the day, I'm here to do whatever you want me to do. And that's my job. So, um, you know, we did it. And I think that it really got the impression that they wanted. It was like, oh shit, she's back. And this is going to be interesting, you know, and then all the layers that we got to add to it, winning the, the Rana de Rana's championship at triple mania. Um, and then being able to defend the knockouts championship against Melina, one of Mickey's very best friends at empower and then staying for it. Like there was just so much opportunity because so many company companies were working together and, and this forbidden door that, um, it was so it made it so much more interesting to have this story kind of bleed through all these other companies. Um, so yeah, it wasn't anything I think that was maybe discussed beforehand, at least not to my knowledge, but it was something that we really got to capitalize on for sure. Two things about that. Two things about that 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 segment that we just played. First of all, I thought it was awesome. And there was two things that happened in that. You brought up points that matter, the bag. Okay, how 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 dirty shit you say? How, I mean, how dare you say that? <laughs> and, and then just being what you probably already know, which puts things over, is being that chicken shit fucking heel. And I love that. And I fucking love that. And I mean, yeah. anyone who doesn't, God, go watch JBL. He's the greatest chicken shit heel. That's the stuff that he did that you're doing that makes you so great. I mean, and, and you do it well. 
It's so awesome. Do you accept this challenge? No, I don't fucking take this challenge. No, fuck you. Go back. <laughs> it's fucking great. It's good stuff. I, I love that. I, I don't know if RJ played the wrong one, the right one. I don't care. That was awesome. I loved it. Thank no, I, I play, I play, I play the right one. I just forgot. I put hard to kill by, it and I thought nah, it's my mix up. <laughs> this is why okay. we can't have nice. This is not why we can't have nice things, you know. <laughs> uh, but to more so get the context to the you know the build up to this match where you basically did you threw everything at each other besides a kitchen sink. Then hard to kill comes in January. Texas Death Match. You're in Dallas. You got to have a Texas death match sometime, right? Uh, (laughs) And it goes back to what we talked about before, Dion. It's like, you can literally do it all. You you can have Texas death matches. You can have Lucha matches in AAA. You can have, you know, ground to pound matches with, you know, Jordan or Sue Young or whomever. But did they say, okay, this is going to be, this is going to be it. This is going to be the, you know, the last time you guys are going to face potentially how did the texas death match idea come up yeah they just said like they had asked us like do you have any ideas there needs to be a stipulation and um then at the end of the day it was like hey we're in dallas let's capitalize on it there's never been a women's texas death match um with like i guess traditional texas death match rules um there's never been a knockouts championship pay-per-view main event match let's capitalize on that um so i think that they just were like here's what we're thinking and we were just like again let's let's freaking do it and let's try to kill it because these are two first and today especially for women there's not very many left so let's let's do it all and knock it all out at once so before we dive into this match there's a couple things i wanted to bring up that's pretty neat and pretty cool so the day of that show i remember i didn't have the match i had the moose match and I don't even remember who it was. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm terrible at that. You probably do because you're great at that stuff. <laughs> but um, I remember, I, I believe you as well, but more Mickey that I remember that really wanted me to do the match. And I had no problem with it. And I wanted to do it. And then Moose kind of got boo-boo faced because he wanted me to do his. And ultimately, Scott decided because I think, you and Mickey had told him y'all wanted me to do my, your match. That was pretty X dated. There was no questions asked. And that was it, which mm-hmm. I was so happy because I wanted to do it. Um, secondly, this is when you were your tornado one. Um, you were kind of a wreck, but a calm yeah. wreck. You were a calm <laughs> wreck. And you weren't, you just, you, the description I hope I say right is, was an indecisive, not sure, not scared. You weren't scared at all. You just were not sure because this was not something that you do on a daily basis kind of thing. Yeah. And wanted, yes. And wanted it to look good and wanted it to be really good because of the situation of it being the women having the main event. So I, it was a day. It was a day. It was a good day. Um, <laughs> and it was, oh, a cha- it, was a day. it was a challenge for us all. And it was yeah. awesome. Um, Mickey was also, by the way, and if she's going to listen or listen and whatever, she was a wreck too. Don't, don't, don't think she was. <laughs> I know her. I know her very, very well. So yeah. I had basically two tornado ones, maybe one, maybe a t- turning into a two, uh, but it was, it was something, it was awesome. And 
uh, anyway, we'll get to the match. It's, it was no. great. Oh my gosh. I, well, you know, I'm the queen of gear issues and my gear doesn't show up. doesn't fit. It's not what I asked it to be. It's not the right color. Um, and my gear didn't show up. So I d- didn't have gear. And, um, yeah, then I didn't get my hair and makeup done until like the show had started and there wasn't time to do my hair. So Chelsea was doing my hair and just a day. Oh my gosh. It was a day. Is this the, uh, Brian, I'm trying to go back and look and do a little research on the fly, but this is the first time you had a match with, with Deanna, right? You did a few TVs, right? Oh, I no, I worked with her several times. Before okay. That. That's what I thought. Oh. That's what I thought. Yeah. Uh, and for context, Brian, I actually looked it up. You had the Moose was in a triple threat match right before theirs against Matt Cardona and W. Morrissey for the Impact title. Yes. Yeah. Um, that, was so, my, that was my original signed uh, assignment. And I'm the one that does the assignments. But <laughs> the reason why I did it that way is because I knew Moose was going to be the way Moose was. And, and don't get me wrong, this is a compliment to me that Moose wanted me to be his, you know, his, his rep. Um, and I knew I was going to have to fight that. So I didn't want to fucking do that. I was just like, you know, fuck it. So <laughs> Mickey got with me early in the day. She's like, you have my match. Right. And I was like, I don't, she was like, bullshit. And, <laughs> and, and I'm being dead serious. I'm being dead serious. And um, she was like, well, that's not cool. And I was like, well, let me just work on things. And then I got around Deanna and Deanna's like, you're, you're, you're my referee. Right. And I was like, no, I'm not. She's like, um, okay. Well, you know, we're the main event. I was like, I know, I know. I'm working on things now. Mickey's already put a fire into my ass. So it was kind of like that, you know, um, (laughs) Mickey was, Mickey was really intent. And I'm, and I'm, I'm not sure you, I I know you wanted me to be, I just didn't know your, I didn't know if you were as intent as her. She was just like, you need to make a change kind of thing. Like, yeah, fuck that. Yeah. Honestly, I don't even remember because like, like I said, like I was just having a day, like I was having a breakdown. Um, and so I, there's very, you're going to bring up probably a couple things that I just have like no recollection of because I was just like, like a zombie going through the motions, tornado one, not knowing what's happening. There it is. (laughs) So, so just going into a match like this, Deanna, just yeah. to get in the one, get in the right mindset. And secondly, I'll, I'll get to my second point after that, but you, are you going back and watching tape, watching video on death match, not death matches, but like classic Texas death matches, whether they be like, like a JBL match from like a bull rope match that he had with Eddie or something. Are you going back and trying to get ideas to pitch it to it when you're talking before with Mickey? Yeah, absolutely. I watched the the bull rope match with JBL, JBL and Eddie. I watched, you know, JBL and John Cena from a pay-per-view where like Cena's got the crimson mask going. Um, I watched a ton of stuff. I watched like old school Texas death matches where like, you know, they get the pinfall off a back elbow. Like, but they're just, you know, isn't a lot of that with women. I watched, um, you know, Charlotte and Becky had maybe um, some kind of weapons match at, you know, a pay-per-view not not too long before that, that I watched, I watched Becky and Sasha in the cage. Like I was just like, you know, women don't really use weapons a lot. There's not a ton of, of um, material to study of how, how to integrate weapons for women. So, um, you know, I really wanted to come up with some unique stuff, especially because we had such a story going into this and it was so long and drawn out um, that also women don't really get that. So uh, there were so many elements that I was like, how could we pick and choose and, and what could we come up with that just will, will culminate this whole thing the best way possible. 
like you said, you, Brian mentioned your your category one, category two tornadoes. Both of you between yourself and Mickey. When you see the ref sheet, okay, you got Brian Havner, your ref. How? And I'm going to put him over. I try to do it at every show, but at least once. Well, at least once or twice, at least. Um, <laughs> what happened to? Let, wait, 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 what happened to the last 29 episodes we did? You ain't fucking put me over none then. <laughs> well, I got to start sometime. Come on. All right. Well, just uh, don't. Well, well, I might have to fib a little bit. Um. No, but just you see his, you see in the back, you get the card. You got Brian Havner as your referee. How relaxing and how easy does it get to know that you got a referee like Brian Havner? You know, you're, you're going to be taken care of. If any you know, shit yeah. hits the fan, you got Brian there to take care of you. Absolutely. It's, it's like a relaxing feeling, you know, because it's like he's my friend. So I can go through it with him. I can ask his opinion on things. I can say like, this is kind of what we're thinking. And, you know, how does that make you look? Or what do you feel about this? How can we do this a little bit better? Um, You know, obviously we were planning to bleed in this match. So it's like, do you have the gig or do I have it? And do I trust you to give it to me? Do I trust you to do it? Like there's so many different elements that, um, especially with this type of match, it's like, I want to be with someone who I trust 110% and that's Brian I had been in the ring with him so many times he just is calm in there and um I needed the most calm feeling from everybody else around me because I was not calm so when I got into the ring I just knew like everyone here is on my side and everyone is going to make this the best match possible in the best way that they can for our individual jobs and I know he was contributing to that too I remember uh before we did the uh in-ring introductions I was trying to loosen you up, um, and I don't even know if you remember this, but uh, we were doing in-ring introductions, so they're, 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 your name's not announced. So you come yeah. out, and you do your thing, and you get to your corner or whatever. And I walked over to you, and I said, you ready to fucking do this, girl? And you said, I fucking hope so. <laughs> <laughs> Seems about right. And I said, well, I hope fucking so, too. <laughs> I there's a there's a there's pictures of my entrance and you know I kind of wasn't I'm a very emotional person only when it comes to wrestling like very few things make me as emotional as wrestling does um and to be the main event to be women to be the first knockouts knockouts championship pay-per-view main event like all of these things hit me as soon as my music hit because I didn't give a fuck before and I just kept telling myself like there's another match there's another match there's another match and then it was our turn and I was like I'm not I'm not ready and I just became this like 18 year old the first time she was at impact crying and the first time I was at impact when I wrestled Brooke Brian, your dad was the referee. And I was standing in the ring waiting for Brooke to make her entrance. And he was like, you ready, kid? And I was like, I'm not ready. I'm not ready. Because I'm not, wrestling <laughs> makes me so emotional. <laughs> uh, so there's a picture of my entrance that hard to kill. And my lips are pressed so tight together. And my eyes are like bulging. Because I'm like, don't cry, Diana. Don't cry. You're this mean heel. Everyone hates you. You can't cry, Diana. You can't cry, Diana. And all of the pictures are me like this. Because I'm fighting back the the tears in my eyes. It, it was it was. I, well, see the thing with me, the reason why I even went up to you because I knew it wasn't the same virtuoso. Um, I knew it was the best she could do to fight the nerves and the uh, 
a, the, the, the battle you were about to take on. Yeah. Um, and I was like, because I wanted to do it before in-ring introductions, not while we were getting ready to lock up, but I, that's why I did what I did. And when, I, when you gave when you gave me your response, I'm like, should I have fucking done that? I don't know. <laughs> it was amazing. And then, and, and then on the flip side, I go to Mickey and I do the same thing. You know, verbalization may be a little different. Just like one of those, all right, you know, we, we have a two up, two down, we, th- we say, because it's Virginia. So if you put your hand that way yep. and that way, it makes Virginia. And I was like, all right, two up, two down. We're ready to fucking do this. She was like, you goddamn right we are. And I'm like, oh, shit. We got one. We got one that's ready to rock and roll. We got one that's hoping to rock and roll. All right. Here we go. Two up or two, oh, that's two, so up good. Or two down. Oh, jeez. Maybe you should teach that to your uh, Washington commanders there, Brian. Maybe they can actually start doing something with it. Hey, we won this week, and I've got their damn sweatshirt. All right? Give me a break. <laughs> Well, unfortunately, they have to. Uh, they got two games run through New Jersey there. So, and the only reason yeah. why I say New Jersey is because they're the New York Giants and they play in Jersey. So, whatever. That's no, no. Yeah, he did that because he's putting over Macklin. Well, oh, but but well, that's I'm a New England Patriots fan, so you're not winning any points with me. Uh, <laughs> well, see, but this is RJ screwed it up again. Well, I, well, I, I have to. That's what I do, Brian. And the thing is, though, actually, I will score points with you this 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 time, anyways. Deanna, is I'm actually driving to New England for the Thursday night game with uh, the Bills and the Patriots in December. Oh, awesome! That's a so, good game. Yeah, I That's well, I'm from, I'm from uh, outside yeah. of I'm originally from outside of Buffalo, so I live out in Rochester now. But my buddy has um, season tickets to the Pats. He's like, "Yeah, you want to come out?" I'm like. Damn right I do. Let's go. Um, <laughs> but uh, just just attack this death match. You know, you go over it. Your mindset, you're all kind of, you know, all over the place. We'll say for better use of terms. Uh, you go through the curtain. Does it kind of all wash away when you get out there? You know, you see Brian, you see Mickey, whatever the case may be. You know, it's no. all it's all better. Not really. <laughs> oh, I think that once the bell rang yeah. and I remember the crowd chanting like oh they said something something and then you sold it out and and mickey kept being like you hear that you hear that and i was like yeah they fucking said you sold out like because it had just been announced she was going to the rumble so yeah. i think in that moment like then the virtuosa came out and i was like okay i'm relaxed because now i don't have a choice um but like like i said while i walked through the curtain it was holy shit this is happening this is such a big thing for you know, the knockouts division for me, for women's wrestling as a whole. And I felt that weight on my shoulders until the match actually started. I just kept thinking about it. And again, fighting back the tears. Cause like, this is what nine-year-old Deanna wanted when she wanted to be a wrestler when she grew up, you know, she wanted to make these type of impressions on women's wrestling and now I'm getting to. So, um, you know, it was just really special for me. So key, key highlights. And, and by the way, oh, that's so very nice. So that's, that's awesome. Um, you're almost making me cry. Um, <laughs> and I'm not even shitting you. Um, so touch on some of the highlights in, in, in your mind with this match. A couple of mine, to be honest with you, was the, the uh, what do you call it? The, 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 the case at the top of the ramp mm-hmm. when you slammed into her and we got our first sign of color. Uh, me- meaning Meaning for you, listeners 
ble- bleeding. That's when Mickey was busted open. Um, I remember table spots. I remember just so many vicious, vicious things that both of you were able to take. Deanna, I don't, I don't know if the last time you watched that match, if you even watched it. I'm just telling you right now, this was. I'm gonna beat the fuck out of you, and we're gonna apologize later in the fucking back because fuck this, we're gonna kill it, and I don't give a fuck if we both die out here. We're gonna fucking do this, and I'm gonna tell you right now, it translated, and I never realized that. And I'll be honest with you, I watched it again this afternoon just to make sure of what I was one is gonna was gonna say because you know I, I don't like I don't like the and I hate saying this word in wrestling because it's not true. But I don't like the fakeism. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, drives me, it drives me insane. There was nothing fakeism in this match. It, it, there really wasn't. Everything was stiff. Everything was there. Everything was what men typically would be the main event for that a woman, two women did. Cahoots to you guys because if you think this shit's fake, watch that fucking match. I can tell you right now, I know both of you got hurt, and I know different occasions when it happened. I know that's when y'all both said some crazy shit to me. Um, I can't even imagine what I said. <laughs> it was pretty good. Um, but your highlights of this match, mine, mine was the case. Uh, I thought that was so well done. That was yeah. not held back. Um, your Your bump through the table was good. Um, the tax that you took that you didn't mean to take, I don't think. No. <laughs> you got your hands all in and your knees. I know that fucking hurt. I know it did because it happened to me as well. Just give us some highlights of this. Yeah, I think Um, I, I haven't watched it probably since the night before. And Chelsea makes fun of me because my biggest matches I always hate. Um, and she's like, you will never be satisfied. And I won't because I, when it comes to wrestling, I'm a perfectionist and I know that about me. And it's like almost to the point where it's a bad thing. Right. Um, but I think that just as you were talking, things were coming back to me and we started off the match with a little back and forth. She got a pinfall. I got a pinfall. And then we both slid out of the ring and got chairs and we're tossing them in, tossing them in. And then you were like kind of in the middle, dodging them, dodging them, dodging them, because they just ended up almost hitting you. <laughs> and it was funny, like we didn't do that on purpose, but the way you sold it, because they were sh- shoot coming for you was funny. Um, I think that another highlight was, um, yeah, the table bump, the pile driver through the table was huge. Uh, the way they reacted when I pulled the tax out and poured them was crazy. Um, and I had never felt that kind of energy before. And then, you know, going into the match, they had kind of asked us like, how much time are you thinking you need? Like, you know, this is a really big deal. You could probably have as much time as you want. And we had said, I think we settled on like, I don't know what, whatever it was, maybe it was 25 minutes when we got in the ring and got to, um, where we had planned to do like a bar fight and, and throw each other on the bar and whatever it was like, we had already wasted like 15 minutes. And then I think we gave our, whatever we gave ourselves, you know, to, to finish the match. Like it was like, we have to scrap all of that. So I think a highlight for me was just like the communication between me, me and Mickey to get where we needed to be um, because we cut out so much stuff that we had planned, but we knew like we're the main event. 
it, it goes dark at 10.59. So if she's not raising <laughs> that bell, it's all for naught, right? Um, so I think the highlight was just like how well we worked and communicated with each other. So I'm going to go back to that bar. Um, that's where I want to go. And I was so hoping you'd go there and you would, you did. <laughs> so we did have much planned over there. Yeah. And we did, we went heavy and we were not where we wanted to be in the match, but it, you know what? There was so much stuff that was so good before that, that it, did, it didn't matter. The bar actually did not matter. It really didn't. And, and that's what sometimes as wrestlers and referees, when we're going over stuff, we think it does, but it, it, it really didn't matter. But what was so funny about that was that I gave Mickey the time as we went to the to the bar because I couldn't give it to you because you were selling. And I said to her, I said, well, we're going to be able to get like one spot and then we're just going to have to go straight up to the ramp, you know, and get that done. She goes, oh, fuck this bar. I'll just fucking drink some beers. Shit on it. Tell Deanna she's going to be sitting there selling like an idiot, like wait for these spots that aren't going to happen. I was like, all right. I went and told you, you were like, oh, good. I didn't want to do these motherfuckers anyway. Tell her to feel me over the chair. So I was like, what? <laughs> do you remember that? No. <laughs> no, I had no idea. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> and I'm like, she's like, what did she say? I said, feel her over the chairs and then let's start working our way up the ramp. Yeah. And I did. <laughs> that's fucking great yeah I, I like I said I have no there's very few things that I can recall happening or saying in that match and that was one of them another one for me was you know um I guess I had promised my mom years and years ago that like I would never believe on purpose and I had given her a fair warning that like yeah I'll probably believe in this match it's a Texas death match this is what we're doing and she was so upset and then she also said, I don't think you'll do it. I don't think that you'll, you'll actually do it. And I was like, okay. So we get to the spot and I was like, it all in my mind was like, my mom doesn't think I'm going to do it. And now I'm going to freaking do it. Like, um, so that was another moment for me where I was like, am I bleeding? Am I bleeding? Am I bleeding? And I just kept going, uh, until I like smelt blood. And then I was like, okay, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, this, so this, this is the first time you did then, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead, Brendan. Where, 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 where did you, um, where did you, where'd you gig? Uh, just like at the top of my forehead in my hairline here. And it's funny because if I pull these little hairs out, I cut all my hair. So now I just have these like little tiny baby hairs <laughs> that are growing back from where I cut. Oh, wow. <laughs> Yeah, unfortunately, no I, I don't have I don't have that problem. Thank God, Brian. <laughs> you would if you were a wrestler. And then another highlight at the very end of the match. Now I'm just like on a roll. Is uh Mickey hit Matt Raywalt over the head with the guitar? It didn't. And to, what? It didn't buzz. No, no, it didn't. So I can't imagine how much that hurt. Um, and I'm glad it wasn't me because it was going to be me originally. And she does that and she, we get into the finish and she hooks and she does her, oh, thing. And as we're going up, I'm looking straight into the entire pile of tacks. I saw and, that. And I was like, uh-uh. And as she jumps, I like turned her body and took the DDT and I hate myself for it because I could have taken such a better DDT than I took, but it was like 
tax in my eyeballs. That's what's going to happen. Tax yeah. in my eyeballs. <laughs> and I didn't, I mean, who, who the hell wants that? Right. But yeah, I like last second was like, we're going to do it this way. You know, what's funny is I saw it when I watched that today, I, I saw that. And yeah. I, know, I, I noticed exactly that. And I know you could take that much better, but I understood why. And I'm glad you explained that because I, I know that, but I'm saying for anybody that, you know, hopefully our, our bunch of our listeners will go back out and list, uh, watch this thing. But yeah, you're exactly right. It was where that pile was. It was a you know, huge pile, huge pile. And you still hit some of them. There wasn't many, but, um, but golly, where you're talking about when you were going to take it. Oh yes. You were going to be right in the middle of that shit. Oh Taxi yeah. Eyeballs. Yeah. And that's all I could think about. And I was like, uh, uh-uh. Oh no, this is the end. No. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. So, so it, it's funny that you brought that up because that's actually our uh, second uh, video or audio clip of the show. So let me hit that real quick. Maybe, maybe this will rejog a little bit of the uh, your memory. Oh, now Perazzo. Oh, no, you got to call the chair. Go for the chair right to the rim. Sicky caught it. Tug of war of the chair. Oh, into the tax. In the hands, the knees of Peraza. Uh oh. Oh, what a whoa, 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 I, I, I'm sick of this. I'm sick of this. Oh, country. Oh, and Peraza went for it with the chair and then the kick. And now the big DDT. So I'll, I'll cut it here real quick, but yeah, that was basically the setup there. You would not then, um, Brian would count the 10, um, for the win. Uh, but yeah, it's just, I think that was probably one of the, I, I enjoyed that ending. It really made a lot of sense because you involved, we well, weren't supposed to involve Matthew Raywall, but it, it, it kind of helped you, but still cost you at the same time. Yeah. And that was really important, I think, for specifically me. But, you know, I think Mickey also agreed once I brought this up of like, you know, he's been just as much a part of the story as anybody. So he deserves to have his moment and his flowers in this. You know what I mean? And whether it's, Mm -hmm. you know, would be us winning or him taking the big bump like or getting the guitar shot like he deserves to be a part of the culmination because he was also so much a part of this story. Um, so I was really, really happy that we got to incorporate him into, you know, my bump to the outside and me bleeding. And then again, at that finish. Yeah. So if you actually, I will have the, um, the link to the, to the match in the show notes here. So anybody that's, um, listening to this and wants to go back and watch what we're talking about, you can certainly do that. Just click on the link. It's in YouTube. So, um, yeah, it's just absolutely phenomenal match. So, so basically, for any of you sick fucks out there that want to see two women beat the living fuck out of each other, <laughs> we're gonna have this link up for you, and you can get on it. But I can tell you right now, you, you won't be disappointed because they beat the living shit. I, I really believe, honestly, with all my heart, that this was the most physical 
women's wrestling match I've ever witnessed in my life. Uh, and, and I'm so proud to be a part of that. It was, it was awesome. And I, I'm actually going to watch it again. I really, I got to watch it again. Yeah. I've just been like, Oh, I there's things I didn't like about it. And, and then I write it off because mm-hmm. I'll drive myself insane if I don't just, just leave it to rest. Um, so I haven't watched it probably since. And I can't believe it's almost been a year. That's, that's what's crazy to me. Mm-hmm. But, but your hair's coming so nicely though. Oh, thank you. It's growing slowly but <laughs> true. <laughs> All right. So if uh, so, all in all, you know, you guys get back behind through the curtain. What's the reaction from everybody behind the curtain? Everybody's hey, round of applause, standing oh, when you get back there. Are you who are you going over with? You know. Yeah. When I when I first walked back, I don't know if it was Steve that I saw first or Chelsea that I saw first. Um, well, actually, before we even got to the back, uh, Scott and Gail had come out and like met Mickey up the ramp and, and said a couple words and, and you know, um, and then when I walked back, I don't know if it was Steve that I saw first or Chelsea that I saw first, but I had wiped the blood. So I just kind of had blood like over my nose and kind of on the top of my head. And Chelsea was like, pose, take a picture. So I'm like this, like, uh, my- <laughs> like I didn't even know, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. But yeah, every everyone that was still at the arena was there um, to congratulate us. Yeah, and mm. it was an incredible feeling. And I think that um, you know, I probably I don't I don't remember, but I probably left and cried all night. <laughs> mm-hmm. So where does this where would this rank as of now? Obviously, you got a lot you know going forward in your career. Yeah. Knock on wood. Go. go <laughs> uh, where does this rank? with the rest of your matches that you had, like we, we went down the list of people that you wrestled with Jordan's Sue Young's, you know, a lot of the people in there in NXT, where does this rank uh, to those? Yeah. I mean, I think it's, it's, I don't know. I think it's high just because again, like I said, it was the culmination of all this, you know, we spent, um, you know, six, seven months telling the story. And I think that the finish, you know, with with me and there's uh table pieces and chair pieces and i'm in tacks and and uh then mickey standing over me was really symbolic um in in ways that we didn't intend it to be um but it's got to be up there it's got to be like top five because i think just just the hard work and that went into making it such a thing and then um, you know, again, just the meaning behind it, the, the first ever women's Texas death match, the first ever knockouts championship main event on a pay-per-view, um, you know, t- two generations going at it, two women who've told such an incredible story. Um, you know, there's, there was just so much going into it that it's gotta be up there. Top five for me. But more, more importantly, did, did mom like it? <laughs> mom never likes when I lose. <laughs> <laughs> sounds about right right <laughs> likes it and i'll get a text message like oh that bitch and i'm like okay all right <laughs> that's great so so this is a personal question yeah and, and you can be as honest as you want uh, maybe this is one of the newlywed questions i don't know um is is steve tough on you as far as like uh criticizing is he honest is he open um what we're because you, when you're both wrestlers, like me and my dad, I'll, I'll give you an example. We're, we're not a couple, by the way, uh, <laughs> but just we're kind of hard on each other. You know, like yeah. in other words, he'll say, well, you did a great job, but there's one thing that you could have done. Or he'll say, 
or I'll tell him, I'll say, I thought you got lazy at the end. I think you got gassed out, you know, and you're, well, he obviously should have because he's 70 years old. But anyway, um, but you know what I'm saying? Like, so yeah. where, where are you at on the on the criticizing and, and asking each other about your performances? Yeah, I think that we're both very, very honest with each other and very open to hearing each other's opinions and critiques. And I actually think that I'm probably harder on him than he is on me. Um, and I think it's just my style of wrestling. And I'm like, oh, I think, you know, like that was kind of wasted or you could have done this before that. Like, I think that I watch, we watch everything each other does. And I actually am probably harder on him, but he watches everything. He's always at the monitor watching when I'm out there. And especially with now, you know, Chelsea and I have been tagging, um, you know, he was in a tag team for five years when he was in NXT with, um, with his with his tag partner so like um i'm trying to think uh, wesley blake uh mm -hmm. so i'm trying to think of, his name's Corey, and i'm like what's his wrestling name <laughs> <laughs> i don't know how to be a tag team wrestler you know what i mean i've never been in a tag team so i particularly right now go to him with everything about tag team wrestling what about this what about this how do you do a hot tag what's a what's an interesting new false tag like how do i get the ref involved and and just I don't know. So having him be open and honest and, and, um, you know, then tell me if things go right or, or it didn't look good or it wasn't what you expected has just made me so much better. Well, I'll tell you this, and I'm just giving you a word of advice and I'm sure that Steve will back me on this as a heel. Are y'all heels now? I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah. All right. It's just so, cause Chelsea's so over the fence to me, like one way <laughs> or another. Um, you have to build to that hot tag and it's up to you guys to build that hot tag. And as long as you can get that, you're going to be great because that's, that's the key to being a heel tag team is building to that hot tag. Whether you go over or not, is not the important thing. It's to build to that hot tag. So you're going to have to give up to give that, you know what I mean? So, and I'm sure he'll tell you that. But yeah. Anyway. Like I said, he's been, I, you know, like, and, and too, like, we've talked about this amongst us girls in the, in the knockouts locker room, but it's like, you know, our impact wrestling tag team, like men's tag team division has always historically been so, uh, you know, ahead of its time and so innovative and, and unique. And it's like, okay, now we have women's, you know, knockouts, tag team championships. We have a tag team division. How do we continue to up the bar for women's tag team wrestling within this division? And I think, you know, having, having someone like Steve who did it for so long and is such a master of it. Um, and then, you know, having Lance Storm, who's been helping us produce, helping agent our matches and producing, um, you know, who, who has been a part of so many tag teams over his career, um, has only made us better tag team wrestlers and understand tag team psychology so much better. So um, I'm so thankful for Steve for being open and honest and, and be willing to make me a better wrestler because that's ultimately how we make our living and we want to make as much money as we can. So I got to be good, you know, and I need all the help I can get. And as you know, uh, we're going to have Steve on next week. Yes. And we're very excited about that. Um, and just want you to know that his growth with Impact has been absolutely amazing to watch. And obviously, we're going to touch on that next week. I'm not going to spoil things for next week. But uh, RJ is a huge fan of his. And, and I'm a huge friend of his. You know, so it's different when you're a huge fan as a friend. But yeah. and I don't I don't really know if it's he didn't have it before and you now he's just discovering it. I think he had it before and now everybody's seeing it because he's able to display it. And that's how I see it. 
Absolutely. And that's why, you know, like, obviously we met when we were in NXT. Um, but even just watching him in NXT, you know, I, Chelsea and I, I always, you know, do, I do everything with Chelsea, obviously, um, you know, always talked about how entertaining him and, and, and Blake were, how enter, entertainer, entertaining of selling that they can do and just, you know, how innovative they are and how well they work together. So it, it was funny because I had never really seen him be a singles guy until now. And, uh, but he was always the, the great wrestler. So I think that it's been shocking for the entire world because no one knew what he could do because we never saw him as a singles guy. But it was always deep down. And, all, you know, and for all of us that, you know, came from WWE and didn't get to do much there and found our, our feet in impact, um, these are all things that we pitched to do before. So they come from, like, who we genuinely are. And I think everything Steve's doing is is genuinely who he is and it shines through the most. That's awesome. So... At this point, now what we want to do is we're going to get to some fan questions. Yeah. And I want to start with Brad Stanton. This is a weird one. Um, he wants to know. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. Go, I, I, know what the, I know what the question is. It's a problem. I, know. Well, <laughs> I, I just had to start with this one because this is going to probably. Yeah. Okay. Here we go. Okay, Brad. How did you like. The wrestling showcase is the first part of this question. Okay. How did I like the wrestling showcase? Um, I had so much fun at the wrestling showcase. I think that it was an interesting dynamic to be in a triple threat match with Chelsea, um, but also while being tag team champions. So um, I think that we were outside of our comfort zone and I had a really fun, fun match with the three of them. Awesome. And I like Brian Hebner in the face. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> and, and and he bumped. There's not there's not too many matches that you do, Brian. Now, uh, or did before that you don't bump for you know. Yeah, I, I, I don't I don't I don't bump anymore. Uh, <laughs> well, you're smart. That's why. Good yeah, I don't bump anymore. I, I can get up <laughs> with kids. I can throw baseball. I'm, I can sleep in my bed. I'm good to go. So our second question comes from our good buddy Bryant Harems. He says, "How important is it to maintain being different?" by keeping the technical and submission based style and then not uh, fall into the traps of changing your style too much. Um, I think that it's, it's hard because not everyone can do it and it's not everyone's specialty. And I think that's why I also don't, you know, like tag team wrestling, like there's no real room for it. You know what I mean? Or, or if it doesn't fit, I don't push it. Right. So I think that it's, um, it's hard to maintain being a technical wrestler because it doesn't always fit into the context of every story you're telling or every match that you're in, you know, Mickey James and I couldn't do a Texas death match and grab a wrist lock, you know? So like, depending on where you are and what you're doing, it's always going to be super technical or not. But I think that's also why I like to capitalize on wrestling Masha and being able to do that wrestling Jordan, being able to do that um, and really picking my moments to shine and showcase technical wrestling instead of, trying to fit it into places it doesn't particularly fit. And then his second question pertains to your, the tag team of uh, Vexed with Chelsea. Um, he says, how you touched on this briefly, but he says, how much fun are you having teaming with Chelsea and how important is it for you to help build a tag team division and impact? Yeah. I think we talked about that earlier and it's, it's again, like 
you know, we have this really unique opportunity that we have knockouts world tag team championships. Um, what can we do with them? And, and we need to continue to grow this division and bring in more talent and, and put them in tag teams and, and not just, you know, two random people that you're like, mishmash there you go two people with chemistry two people who understand each other on some level two people that make sense that would be together I think on paper um you know maybe the hot mess Chelsea Green and the virtuoso Deanna Prazo don't mix but we have a chemistry because we spend so much time together and it's brought out different parts of Chelsea it's brought out different parts of me so it's really important to to find that cohesion and continue to grow this division to um, the best that it can be because it, it is really, really freaking good. And when you care about it and you nurture it, then that's when great things happen. So um, it's been really fun and it's a dream come true for both of us. So I'm so excited to see us get our tag team titles back and, and what else we could do. I've got a question for you from Billy and he's at BJ James 1969. He says, have you been doing, you've been doing more tag team wrestling as part of VXT. What do you enjoy most about the tag team wrestling that you're not accustomed to? And are you studying any of the other tag teams that inspire, help to inspire you? Yeah. Um, I think we touched on that a little earlier too. Like well, I'm constantly studying. I'm constantly asking, you know, Steve questions, Lance questions, uh, my trainer questions, you know, um, you know, Damien came down to Florida with a couple of his students for, a loop of indie shows and the first thing I asked him to do was like hey can we like rent rent out a ring at one of the schools and and can you work on some tag stuff with me and Chelsea you know because like I said we want to be the best we can be and it's a foreign concept to both of us to be in tag teams so we really needed to put in the extra work to continue to elevate ourselves and the tag division and I think that we're really doing that. All right. Our next question comes from our good buddy, Mason, at the MGB podcast. Yes, uh, we saw Deanna wrestle in Northern Virginia several times at a local indie promotion in 2017 and 18 with Jordan Grace, Mia Yim, and Alley Cat. Which wrestlers did you wrestle with on the indies that uh, you just knew would make the next step up to a major promotion? Ooh, um, the first person that comes to mind just signed with AEW and Willow Nightingale. Mm -hmm. um, I have known Willow since we both started wrestling, like 2014, 15, you know, um, 13, 14, like back then we were wrestling at, you know, charity shows for free in the middle of nowhere, like uh, a million, million times. And, you know, as we've gone our separate ways, I've always remained that I think she's amazing and that she should be signed somewhere. And, you know, whether it was Ring of Honor at the time, she came into Impact. I said it then, you know, um, I've always been such a big Willow Nightingale supporter. So I think, you know, just off the top of my head, that is one particular person that I was like, she will do something. And then and, and it, you know, it was only a matter of time. So the next question comes from uh, Clint Carroll, and he wants to know, what is your favorite place to wrestle outside of the United States? Oh, um, in Tokyo at Corkin Hall. That was like another, uh, obviously, you know what I mean? Um, dream come true. Uh, the first time I wrestled there, I wrestled Tony Storm in a, uh, um, one of the, I think it was the SWA title for stardom. And I was a nervous wreck pace back and forth behind the stage waiting for my music and my entrance i'm crying like yeah it was uh that was like a dream dream come true for me 
Well, I knew the answer. I just had to ask you because they won. <laughs> I said that's probably everybody's answer, right? <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, next question is from WWE Master 2018. Uh, dream uh, venue or stadium you want Impact Wrestling to do a show at? Oh, I think that it, it will always be a dream for Impact to come home to Jersey and do Prudential Center in Newark. Oh, yeah, I can see that because I think they just uh, I think they just wow. released something that they're going up to um, up to Canada for uh, Loop too as well. Yeah, this coming March they'll be uh, will be in Canada. So um, yeah, it seems like we're exploring. You know, well, I guess Impact's always gone to Canada, right? But it's just been a while with the pandemic and stuff. Right. So I'm interested to see like what new places I get to go to with them um because i haven't been to canada while i've been with impact and um yeah i think newark and prudential just has has so much meaning to me my all my family and friends could be there and and what a better um there's no better welcome than like a welcome home right so it'd be cool to see how they react right so another question from sean adams and i actually like this question um if someone asked you any stress today your dream opponent from any company and why would it be that? Um, I think the answer is always Tristratus. What? Uh, yeah. <laughs> that was my, she, she is still my childhood hero. Um, and she is the person that made me want to become a professional wrestler. And I got to meet her for the first time this year and cry my eyes out. And um, yeah, I think that it will always, always, always be Tristratus. Diana, you gotta stop fucking crying. <laughs> it's only wrestling in real life. Uh, heartless, emotionless. My mom says it all the time. You are a cold bitch. Uh, wrestling, not so much. <laughs> okay, um, I have another one, and this one is from Brian Hebner. Uh oh, I, I know him. That if there is one thing that you want people to remember about Diana Perazzo. When you're done with your career, yeah, what is that? Um, ooh, we're getting deep. Um, I think kind of already what you said about me when we started the show. I think that I want everyone to remember me for my professionalism and for how I treated the people that I worked with, and not that I was, um, you know, a nasty politicker who, who, uh, you know wanted what she wanted and, and did any anything by any means necessary to get it I think I want people to remember me for um doing things on my own terms and never taking no for an answer and and that I was able to do it because I was able to do it and I was meant to do it and not because of any outside contributing factor um but most importantly how I treated the people that I worked with I think that's important and I think that you always remember when people are mean to you and you'll remember it for the rest of your life um, more so than you remember the people that aren't. So I never want to be that person that was nasty to anybody or mistreated, you know, people coming up in the business or, or whatever, um, because it's genuinely not who I am. And I know how that feels. So yeah, I think I want to be remembered most for how I treated people. I honestly think that you'll be remembered as, in my opinion, as one of the best technical women in the business and one of the sweetest and nicest people that 
that you could deal with. You know what I mean? Because there's so many difficult people you work with in this business. And believe me, I've worked with so many difficult people. It's not even funny. Yeah. And I know that you're one of those people that are on top of your game and one of those people that take your shit serious. And, and, and you know what? I respect that to no end because I take my shit serious too. And I know I'm not a wrestler. I know that, but I'm a referee. I'm a third man in the ring and I'm a, a veteran that has a lot to say and a lot of input. And you know what? I gave you input and you know what? You considered it, took it. And there were many spots that I was able to give actually just to give an example for you and Mickey that both y'all said, you know what? That's good. Let's do that. Where there's people that think they're so good that they just say, well, I, I, you know, I don't like that, I, I, you know, because it's not your idea. You know what? Your idea is not going to go as far as what people can make your ideas be better. In other words, what I mean by that is there are people that are smarter than you and there are people that are better than you always in life, no matter mm -hmm. what it may be. You yeah. know what I mean? Absolutely. And you only learn from that. You know what I mean? And I'm not saying that my idea is the best, but they're ideas. And that's how you grab them or don't take them. It, it doesn't matter one way or another. But you're recipitive of those ideas. So it's 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 a, it's a huge, huge compliment to you. And I and it was awesome working with you. Thank you. Next question comes from Gerald from Bodyslam.net. He asks, of all the matches you've had so far, inside impact and out of it, what's both your favorite opponent and your favorite match of your careers thus far? Um, inside impact or out of it, just like anyone. Correct. Anyone, yeah. Um. I mean, I'll just go with Inside Impact, Jordan Grace. Again, Slammiversary 2020 um, will be the feeling after that and how perfect it was. And it was the perfect blend of our styles and everything. Like I said earlier, um, I will forever be chasing that level of what I think is perfection and what I think is my best work. Um, so that will, hands down, Jordan Grace is one of my best opponents ever. And that match is one of my best matches ever. All right. So I think what we're going to do um, is we're going to close out the questions from the wonderful fans. Okay. I did have a couple more, and I'm sorry about that. But and if I missed you, guys, I'm sorry. But now you can understand the importance of the cutoff at 5 o'clock. <laughs> uh, but we do have, because we do have your – Man upstairs that's waiting on you, I'm sure. <laughs> we have a couple newlywed questions that we want to ask. And okay. we want to matches, okay? So we want to have fun here. Yeah. Now, I, I, I don't want to dig in your life at all. So if there's anything that you say, uh, you know what? Screw that. Fuck that, Brian. Ask something else. That's cool. <laughs> okay. But they're easy questions, and there's something that, Hopefully he matches. Please match, Steve. Please, please. <laughs> please. I feel like it'll be me not knowing the answers, but we'll give it a whirl. All right. You ready? Yes. We're going to go with question number one. What is your husband's favorite movie? Um. Already stumped the panel, folks. Uh, yeah. Um... Just say Superman. Shit on it. No, I think it's, I'm looking at the Captain America thing and I'm going to say it's Captain America Win Winter Soldier. Is that the name? I think that's what it is. 
RJ, jot that shit down. I don't watch movies. I have no fucking clue what she's talking okay. about. I've watched the same movie over and over again. I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Deanna, don't you be the one that screws this up. It's going to be me. <laughs> All right, you better get these next two. These next okay. two, these are lobs. I'm lobbing okay. you right now. Yeah. What is your husband's favorite color? Are you serious right now? Blue. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> what the? F- we got a divorce coming, folks. <laughs> a divorce before we're actually married. I don't. I'm. I'm. I think it's blue. I mean, I'm going with blue. Final answer. Final answer. <laughs> <laughs> All right. This is the big one. Okay. What is your husband's celebrity crush? Ooh. You probably. Um, his celebrity crush. I feel like he's not like that. I feel like he doesn't have a celebrity crush. His is probably a wolf or something. Yeah, yeah. I feel like his is is um Frank Castle, the Punisher. You know what I mean? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> okay. I feel like he doesn't have a cel- because we've talked about this, and he, I know the answer he'll give you for me. And I always say like, oh, but if this person like. I need a hall pass. And he's always like, there are no hall passes. I don't need a hall pass. There is nobody that I would ask for a hall pass for. And I'm like, okay, well, I want that person. And I think he'll tell you the person. Um, well, so- we're going to, well, wait a minute. We're going to find this out because we have to have their answers before he gets on. Oh, yes. Yeah. So Charlie Hunnam is my answer. Who is that? Charlie Hunnam. Sons of uh, okay. Sons of Anarchy. Is what I was- <laughs> oh, um, yeah. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. Okay, that would remind yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, great. Yeah, we're doing wonderful here. <laughs> no, he played um uh I forgot the dude's name, his character's name. Oh, Jax. Jax, yeah. there you go. Jax, I shouldn't yeah. I my brother named his dog after the show. He named his <laughs> dog Jax, so I should know that. The best show ever. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, I feel like Steve doesn't have a celebrity crush. All right. Well, can I give him one? Sure. You're gonna well, you can't touch me, so that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> Who is it? I, well, I'm going to tell you mine. I hope it's his. <laughs> oh, God. What? RJ, relax, Who is, bro. Who is it? Britney Spears, man. Oh! I, okay. That's I didn't know where you were going with it. I thought it was going to be something dirty or something. So yeah. Yeah, no. that's, that's what I was thinking, too. <laughs> <laughs> oh. What do you guys think I am? Uh, some... Pedophile? No. It's Britney Spears. What did you think I was going to say? I don't know. I didn't know what you were going to say. I was kind of scared. I was kind of scared, to be honest with you. Oh, my God. Okay. Well, sorry, guys. I didn't hope I didn't scare you. I love Britney Spears for you. Love it. Me, too. She is so hot, dude. (laughs) The older she gets, the hotter she gets, in my opinion. But anyway. All right. So, Deanna, what's your favorite movie? My favorite movie is The Departed. You think he'll get that? It's a 50 shot. I'm not sure. Well, you better not talk to him about this because I'm telling you right now. This scouts on there. All right. Well, you do realize you could possibly listen to it too. You know, you realize he's not playing video games. He's not. Oh, okay. Listen, Steve Macklin is not listening to this tomorrow. Trust (laughs) me. Okay, your favorite color. Purple. Right. Oh, that makes well, sense. 
I knew that. I knew that already by the hat. Yeah. That she had to pit, that, that she had to use hair hairspray for. Oh, man. that was the worst the worst day of my life. Uh, <laughs> I so thought this, this beautiful hat. I was so excited for it. I was like, "This is uh, this is not good. Not good." All right. So I'll ask you one question to give him a heads up. Yes. Well, don't give him a heads up. I'm saying for for him. What's a question you want to ask? Ooh, um. Hmm. Who wears the pants in this family? No, I'm kidding. Um, you I'm should not. ask him. <laughs> <laughs> you should ask him what my favorite dessert is. Favorite? Okay, we will. Yeah. All right. And your favorite dessert is what? Um, he's going to say donuts, which it is. But my other favorite is key is um is lemon meringue pie. Well, you just popped me. Every every year for my birthday, I always tell my wife I have to. It rotates key lime pie and a lemon meringue pie. I love lemon meringue, and it reminds oh. me of my grandma, and it's a whole thing. So my favorite dessert is lemon meringue pie. Well, this I don't, kind of popped me, but like my grandmother <laughs> used to make them from scratch. Oh, yum! Oh, yeah, goes on like a hot summer's day. You get that or a key lime. Oh. It was either that uh, or she. Well, we can't have two answers, so we better say donuts. Yes, but no, the answer is key lime pie. But yeah. he's gonna. Oh, say donuts. oh, that's yes. the true answer. Yes, yes, but okay. I bet he's donuts. All right, what's his favorite dessert? <laughs> oh God! All right, oh, never... I, I know nothing about him. Oh my God! <laughs> he loves donuts as well. Um, really likes um, like any kind of like cake really you know what i mean he like okay so we'll go with cake we'll go with cake yeah. that's a yeah. that's a that's an eat that's a yeah fair yeah. enough yeah his cake. birthday a couple years ago he still talks about and it was just like a vanilla cake with whipped cream and strawberries in it you know what i mean so so if he says i like vanilla cake with strawberries and that's that's the correct ding, answer cake ding, ding, yeah ding. honestly he's a gabon which means he's a pig and he'll <laughs> oh <laughs> Well, there you go. So, Deanna, is there anything that you would like to plug and put over and anything you want to do? Um, yeah, I mean, everyone can follow me on social media at Deanna Perrazzo, Um, and check out Impact Wrestling when they're in the area. I mean, that's pretty much all that I do these days. <laughs> Good for you. Good for you. Um, <laughs> So we're, we are going to have Steve on next week and can't wait to do that. I'm, I'm very excited to talk to him and actually get everyone to know the Steve that I know. Yeah. Awesome. And, um, you know, just, uh, just, just a wonderful pocket. I, I really enjoyed this and I knew it was going to be a, a great one. And I knew we were going to laugh a lot and I knew that we were going to go longer than we always do in our podcast. And it's fine. And we're happy with that. <laughs> No, it's fine. It was fun. I'm so glad we got to do it. I am too. And I'm so sorry that we took so much of your time and I know you're busy and that's why I waited till today because I knew you got home, what, Sunday and needed Monday to relax and chill. Yeah. And uh, awesome. Awesome. I'm so happy that you did this with us and we're so happy for you and all your accomplishments and you're, 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 you're just building stock girl. You're not, you're not a, uh, uh, I don't know. You're gonna, you got, you got something going on, and that's cool, awesome. And I'm 
very appreciative that I was able to work with you and just good stuff. Just that's all I say. RJ, yeah. you got anything? No, just thank you so much for taking time. It's been, uh, you know, since since we saw you there at uh, uh, the showcase there, we're like, oh, well, back to back. You know, they're getting, was it next next month you guys are getting married, right? Yeah, 15 days, 16 days. I'm not sure uh, countdown is, but yeah. Down to the like home stretch. Less, less than three weeks. Well, as long as are he you... knows to keep key lime pie and lemon meringue pie in the fridge, that's all that matters, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, with Deanna, just one quick question. Um, I was, was married for 19 years. So a heads up for you. Just, um, you might need to figure a couple more things about him. Uh, just letting you know. Playing a oh. dating game. Playing a dating game. It seems like you're a little lacking on a little knowledge. Some basic knowledge. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta go ask all those questions now. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Get out of the way. Well, awesome. we love you. We love you so much. And thank you so, so very much. Yeah, thank you guys so much for having me. Man, Brian, if uh, you guys aren't following Deanna Perrazzo, her career, her social media, whatever, I would highly suggest you go do that now. Go watch that match that we have in the show links here that you had with uh, Mickey James at Hard to Kill 2022. Um, man, banger of a match. I'm glad we were, uh, we were able to have her on. I had such a good time, man. I really did. It was just an enjoyable podcast. I, there, there's podcast that you sit back and relax and just it's just all natural and this was one of them i just really enjoyed her she's such, such a wonderful person can't wait to have steve on her her better half or maybe not better half depending on how she looks at it um yeah. but but yeah it was just an amazing episode and i'm so glad and i'm hoping that everyone got to hear it and got to see it and it's just amazing i'm really truly amazing and what a what a wonderful person yeah, you know, another couple wonderful people that we're proud to have associated with the show. Uh, JD Hoop continues to produce uh, just fantastic graphics for us. He just did, I sent it over to you the, over the weekend, was his uh, his rendition. If you go over to our social media, at Refin It Up, you can see the banner there of all the show art that we've had from the beginning when we started with Sting all the way up to David Pendra last week or in behind that banner. Absolutely phenomenal. We're looking to possibly make that a shirt as well. So look out for that. Um, so big props to JD hoop, follow him on social medias at JD hoop 702. You need artwork or graphics, check him out. No doubt. JD hoop is amazing. And I'm going to tell you, you know, this is, this is falling on our lap, but we're going to do a better job of promoting some of our shirts and some things like that that he uh, does for us. And I, I can just tell you, it's going to be some good stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, that's just our fault. You know, it, you know, it is what it is. We're going to yeah. get better at it and make it more available to you. And we're working on things here. Yeah. And, and like I said, if there's something like you, you like, Hey, I like the, the sting show art. We could put it on a shirt for you. We could put it on a hoodie for you. We could put it on anything for you. Let us know at reffing it up at baby Hebner. We'll we'll do uh, we'll do whatever we got to do to uh, make you guys as happy as possible. But um, another guy, you got AJ McKay, fantastic man. I I listened to it the other day. I had the AirPod or AirPods in, banging out, had banging to the <laughs> the intro song. My son loves listening to it too. So it's over with everybody, man. No, it is. It really, really is. AJ's just phenomenal. He really is. And I can tell you, if if you watch TV, if you do. Netflix, if you do movie trailers, he's on it. I can tell you that. Mm -hmm. And you'll know. 
when you listen to the opening, you'll know. And just an amazing, another amazing, we have so many amazing people. Mm-hmm. It's just amazing. It really is. And I keep saying it. Amazing, amazing, amazing. Well, yeah, but you, they are amazing. So, um, but guys, you guys are amazing too. So thank you for tuning in this week. Make sure you turn in next week when we have Steve Macklin on. Definitely looking forward to this. This will be a kind of return. I talked to him last year for my other show. So it's be good to catch up again and uh, really dive deep into his career and uh, his match that he was a part of when uh, you did his match against, it was a triple threat match from bound for glory. And it was, I got to check it out because I had it written down and I closed it out. Uh, bound for glory 2021 when he faced uh, Trey Miguel and Al Fantasmo. Uh, looking forward to uh, talking about that with him too. Uh, thoughts and processes going to that as well as other matches that uh, you associated with him as well. Absolutely. And that match we pulled out exclusively because this is a different style for him mm-hmm. uh, or, or, or that people imagine him being in. So, We'll dive into that. Good stuff. It's a, it was more of an X division match, and, and you know, mm-hmm. if you look at Steve and know who Steve is, he's not an X division looking kind of guy, mm-hmm. uh, but but he can do it. And yeah. that's why we covered this match because I thought he did a phenomenal job and had some amazing moments in this. And we'll go over that next week. Sure. Yeah. Definitely. Tell your friends. Tell your family to follow us right here at Refing It Up across all your social medias. Uh, you can follow us uh, website at castby.com slash reffing it up. You got all the links for all our platforms, merchandise, all that good stuff. Brian, you want to close shop tonight? What else you got? I got nothing, man. I'm I'm just so stoked that this was a great, great, great podcast. Uh, I really enjoyed it. I'm good to go, man. I'm ready for Steve Macklin to see if he can fuck up any more questions that Deanna couldn't answer either. <laughs> Definitely looking forward to that. But guys, thank you. And we'll see you right back here on Reffing Up with Brian Hebner next week. One, two, three.